listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting the rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. What you want, what you want. How about what The Rock wants? The Rock wants you to go out there and take no prisoners, have no regrets, have no fear. Lay it all out on the line. Because if you don't do that, The Rock is going to find your friend, Mary Poppins. He's going to take her umbrella. Yeah, he's going to shine it up real nice. He's going to turn that something sideways and stick it straight up your candy asses. There's your advice. Straight out of the jabroni beating, pie eating, trail blazing, eyebrow raising, entertaining the globe, never hotter, talking to two rejects from Harry Potter. So that's how you went over the crowd. Welcome to the One Tank Podcast episode. Holy crap, I didn't even look. Uh, 37? 37, episode 37. We are here, joined by the one and only Seahawk, Cameron Hawkins, host of the South Congress Podcast, doing Fighting With My Family. Cameron, how you doing, man? Doing all right, doing all right. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, um, before we get to how everybody's doing, I, I just want to real quick, I know a lot of you are going to hear this on every single thing that you listen to over the next couple of weeks, but huge rest in peace, rest in power to Chadwick Bozeman. Oh my God. Yeah. Crazy. Suddenly di- died suddenly uh, to the public, I guess. Uh, he's been fighting this uh, disease, colon cancer, for about four years which is incredible considering the art that he put out during that time, but huge loss for the film community. So I just wanted to go ahead and uh, give my condolences, not that they'll listen to this, but give my condolences <laughs> to, uh, to his family and, and just want to thank, thank you for some of the art that you put out, man. Cause it was, he put out some bangers when he yeah, was man. fighting cancer. That's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. He yeah, fucked up yesterday. Man. Like mm-hmm. I was, thinking about it, how much shit he got for like losing a lot of weight and people are like, what's going on with him? Like, and I think it's a pretty good reminder that we like, don't know what's mm-hmm. going on in someone's personal life. And it's not our business, but like, especially with celebrities like this or anyone, honestly, in your personal life, you don't know what they're going through. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's probably not my place to talk about this, but he was a huge champion of, of black artists and black cinema um going forward especially with black panther obviously a huge role in that but uh, i mean anybody else have anything that they want to talk about with him because it really was man that one this one it that one hit me yesterday and we talked about chadwick at link during the five bloods but that one hit me weird yesterday where it's like this is one of the more shocking ones yeah celebrity deaths that i think i've encountered in my lifetime yeah Yeah, man um, Oh, go ahead, Dex. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say it, it had me super fucked up yesterday, man. Like I obviously none of us saw that coming. None of us knew. Um, we couldn't know, but um yeah, like you said, just being a champion for black art and for black representation and just giving us so much. Um, you know, we made all the jokes about oh, he's gonna play every single black historical figure. Right. You know, he played James Brown, he played Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, et cetera, et cetera. And we thought he was going to be doing that for decades and winning Oscars. And we just all kind of took it for granted. And 
now he's gone, man. Just can't take take can't take people's art them for granted. No, yeah, you can't. Um, probably the first big um, like promo work that I ever did um, at Alamo Draft House here in Austin. Um, they had a local comic book shop introduce the Black Panther movies, and I was Black Panther, so you know, dressed up in the whole garb and you know, getting in front of people and talking about the value of the movie, um, and that was. You know, I guess February of 2018, um, you know, got to meet uh, the guy who was writing Black Panther at the time, Evan Narcisse. He was like a part of our whole promo. And so, you know, me being, you know, 34, um, you know, other than like Blade, you go a long time without that type of representation, you know, in movies. And so, you know, me getting to get in front of people in this costume and seeing little kids in it and um, just knowing, you know, how much money Black Panther itself made. And, mm-hmm. you know us celebrating it at the time i think that's that's the thing that gets lost we do this thing where we don't celebrate greatness until it's gone i'm glad that like as a people we were very much out in front of how important that was and knew what it was at the time and yeah just a, a credit to him for bringing that character to life a credit to him for like you said the jackie robinson's the james browns um, as good as he was in five bloods um just uh you know this super talented kid from south carolina who has played so many iconic roles in this short period. Um, you know, it's a shame to see him go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like you guys said, a credit to him for, because he chose to do it, a credit to him for, you know, fighting through uh, the ailments that he had to create this art. You know, just uh, he gave to us more than we can ever give to him. And yeah, rest in peace. Absolutely. It's also uh, awesome we get a posthumous release because that, I don't know. I remember when Heath Ledger died, which, like, he... Tadard Bozeman, Heath Ledger, and Robin Williams are, like, the three actors that I feel like I felt really genuinely, like, impacted, I guess. I felt sad they, last night. I was sitting in bed last night. I was like, man, I feel fucking sad. And it's it's really rare actors make you feel that way. And I think it was Heath Ledger because, A, the same thing with Tadard Bozeman. It was so sudden to the general public. And then Robin Williams, because also it was so sudden but also just, like, horribly tragic because suicide. Mm-hmm. But um, I was thinking about posthumous releases and the fact that we get to have Ma Rainey's Black Bottom um, soon, mm-hmm. which I think is a really powerful piece anyway. But just getting to have that and how, I don't know. Like, I just think there is something especially powerful, like, after the fact, now that we, like, know what we're missing – getting to see some art. Well, to, you know, if you go back and listen to our Five Bloods episode, you know, we said that he was really good, especially in the ending scene. And that ending scene of the Five Bloods hits even more powerful now. But the thing with um, where he's talking him to talking Delroy Lindo's character through his cancer diagnosis, which is actually kind of interesting once you go back and look at it. But um, we, we made jokes at his expense. If, so don't get mad at us if you go back and watch it. Uh, those jokes of... Aging well. Uh, yeah, uh, those jokes <laughs> of he's going to play every single African-American historical character. And he was going to play another one. He was going to play the first black samurai. So it was like... It, right. it, yeah, and so things that we're going to be losing with him, especially with roles that he was willing to partake in and unta- and, and flesh out it's 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 terrible the uh, just cancer man i can't stand it 
I also hate making lessons out of other people's lives because there's something that feels so like cheap about that that makes any sense. But it's like I think something that is actually really beautiful about like Chadwick Boseman's life is fundamentally that he has this horrible diagnosis. Colon cancer is no joke. And he like kept signing on to projects and kept doing stuff with this idea. Like you get this sense that he was just going to keep pushing as long as he was allowed to. And as someone who often stops pushing and has all of her health, like it, it can be, but I'm being serious. Like I think sometimes that's a good lesson that it's like, there are people out there who it's like, life is not a guarantee for them in the short term and they're pushing way harder than maybe you are. And that's okay. But it's like that you can push our good friend. What I mean. Yeah. Our good friend Teej uh, put something on Twitter yesterday. It was like, let me catch a hangnail and I won't start. I won't type for the rest of the day in my computer. Like, you know, like fighting through cancer and doing action movies and having to maintain the weight and the body requirements, the, the, the actually terrible body requirement. We don't talk about that enough. The terrible body requirements that, um, Marvel makes their actors and actresses have yeah. is incredible. No chance zero chance like, <laughs> well, like, i just like no one will way. not be getting ripped for anything no! i follow scarlett johansson's trainer on um youtube and he straight up forces her to go below 10 percent body fat for every um like whenever she was doing marvel films frequently women aren't supposed to go under 10 percent. like you have like massive hormonal problems like mm. the requirements of marvel are obscene and unhealthy and you're already struggling with your health, like, damn. Yeah, it's um, I don't know, man. It is, it is crazy. It, 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 crazy that that a lot of little boys and little girls' hero actually died yesterday. Yeah. And I don't want to bring down yeah. the mood, but like I saw that on Twitter, I was like, oh shit, okay. But that that's one of those ones way gone too soon. And um, uh, all all the shout out to him for doing everything that he did while he was sick. It made me really appreciative of just movies in general. Just cause, like, obviously we get on here, we talk shit about movies every week for like two hours or whatever, but like any movie happening, there's so many like minor miracles that have to take place to get these things on screen. Mm-hmm. Like Chadwick Boseman fighting fucking colon cancer to deliver every single, you know, film he did as Black Panther, giving us that moment in Endgame, all of that. Like there's, so many little stories like that we don't hear about just because of, you know, not everybody's as famous as Chadwick Boseman, but like for movies and like those moments to get made, so much little shit has to happen. So many little sacrifices have to get made. It just made me really appreciative of all of that. Yeah, I had to, um, I was at a, a Q&A with Danny Trejo once and somebody asked him, like, what's the worst movie he's been in? And he, he looks around and he's like I don't understand what you mean by a bad movie like every movie has and let me say this and interrupt they're absolutely bad movies right? oh yeah <laughs> but he was like he was like yo I, I come to the movie there's a bunch of people on set everybody's working hard um you know everybody gets paid off this people feed their families off this like I I don't know what you mean by a bad movie there's the movies I had the most fun doing but you know there's like we said like there, there are movies who there are movies that just aren't artistically and stylistically and ethically good. Like that's absolutely true about them. However, on every movie set, there's somebody good on set 
they got to take home some money to take care of somebody. So there's always a silver lining. And like you said, with a guy like Chadwick Boseman, um, it was deeper than just movies. Like there's a, um, and I hate talking work, work ethic because people take that the wrong way. There's absolutely a dedication to craft. And like you said, there's an appreciation for him uh, not just from people like us who sit around and talk about this stuff, but from kids who that was absolutely their hero. They dress up like every day. Um, and so, yeah, there's absolutely a lasting impression that's left there for sure. Yeah. Psychologically, kids can't differentiate um, a character in a movie mm-hmm. and an actor before a certain age. So, yeah, truthfully, a lot of people genuinely, little children, think that they truly lost Black Panther. And in a lot of ways, they like he really was that character for a lot of people like a true symbol i think yeah what do you mean kids i still can't differentiate between actors actually (laughs) (laughs) i have not i have not met that threshold of where i can differentiate people from who they played i do um slightly think that florence Pugh is amy from little women and i refuse to think otherwise because i I am Amy from Little Women, and oh. I just want to believe. Guys, tell me that that's not true. I am Amy from Little Women. I'm not um, ready to have this conversation during this other conversation. I know it's not the right time. <laughs> the weirdest, <laughs> weirdest transition and off transition. Um, but the point, really, though, is that it's like, I think what everyone's trying to get at is, is that, like, there are actors who are more than actors, and there are actors who are truly symbols and I, I hate like making someone metaphorical in that way because that feels unfair but I think I think like in a way I think he knew that that was what he was taking on when he took on Black Panther like that's who he was going I mean he took on all these biopics I think he was okay with right. becoming a symbol in some way if anybody was ready to do it it was the dude that played Jackie Robinson <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which also what a weird spiritual thing to do like just wonky and bizarre to die on Jackie Robinson day when you're right. 42. That's just bizarre and the universe is strange. But besides that, I think he knew he was going to be a symbol and I think he is. And I think that's why this loss is so shit. Like it really fucking sucks. Yeah. And of course we always made the meme of do the thing, do the thing. And he would get tired of it. But you know, at the end of the day, like, there's videos of him bringing joy to thousands and thousands and thousands of people yeah. with the uh, with the do the thing, do the thing, the Wakanda forever, and he, uh, you know, there, there, it's 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 incredible how much joy he actually did bring to people, and people like like to shit on and downplay the role that actors and entertainers have in people, meaning cynics like to downplay the role that actors and entertainers have in in the in society. Oh, you're just an actor, but there is something to be said about bringing joy and representation to thousands, millions yeah. of people. There's something. There's it's something a thing that untalented people do. Yeah, unhappy and untalented people. Yeah, people who can't do it get mad about it. Sure. My brother sobbed for like two weeks when Robin Williams died because Mrs. Doubtfire was the only movie that got my brother through. His like divorce, his my parent, my mom divorcing my brother's dad, and like it was a movie that made him accept like my dad could still be a good dad, and my parents might not get together, but my dad still loves me. Like, was your some, dad dressing up as a woman? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's also we have different dads, and so like oh. it's yeah, it was when my mom was getting remarried to my dad, 
So my, dad I mean, and my brothers were like, fuck you. Like, let, let's not muddy the waters. Paul is a drag queen, but that's yeah. a separate Yeah, exactly. That's a separate issue. Um, he does jokingly, when he's really drunk, call himself RuPaul, because his first name is what? Paul. So, yeah. Sorry? What? Yeah, what? <laughs> that's my father. <laughs> oh, okay. But, he, but like, it's just because he low-key really hates RuPaul's Drag Race and he makes fun of me every time I watch it. But well, now fine. I hate Paul. So Yeah, it's oh. fine. It's okay. He's anyway. a controversial figure. But the point being is that there are actors who give more to us than just acting. And I think a lot of actors also are more than just acting. Like, when you're doing a role, it's what you're saying. Like, not talented people underestimate how powerful a really good performance can be and, like, altering your life. And, like... I don't know. There are movies that still just like have changed me as a person mm -hmm. and performances that have changed me. And I think that Chadwick Boseman has some performances that are really life altering performances. So this is not. It's why art exists. Yeah. We didn't have is art. It? A little bit. As I would, <laughs> it's an, as an escape and also as, as a medium. But like, I think that I don't know. I, I, we've said all that. I think unless anybody else wants to say anything, I think we've said all that needs to be said. I will say I could probably end it there with uh, eloquently, but um, it is kind of crazy that Marvel probably knew about this as big of oh, a like, like 100%. At, yeah. I as big of a thought story. about that. Yeah. There I just saw that. Out like, why did you keep pushing black Panther back? And now all of a sudden the revelation is it's like, Oh, there like, were discussions that actually that, makes total sense. There were discussions that he was going to be replaced as Black Panther, and they vaguely hinted that it was a uh, contract issue, but 100% Disney knew. But oh my god. Some level. So I, knew that chances are. I think this speaks to like how much he's just so iconic. I don't think I know anyone that you could replace him with and it work as well. Like, no. no. I, like, I don't know how they're going to do... That's something I've been thinking about, is how are you going to deal with the fact Black Panther very much should not die during um, Endgame? Sure. So, like, what are... Because it's like Chadwick Boseman is... It's not, Paula, like... So. I mean, it, it's it's Disney. Like, they'll find a way to rewrite history as much as they want to, because <laughs> they get to call the shots on what's canon history. and what isn't. Like, get, you... <laughs> Talk to Star Wars fanboys. Disney will make anything canon or remove canon as willfully. It's, but it's more of the character connection now. Like, whoever will be the next Black Panther, you're not going to be as attached. Yeah. You're not going to see that actor on screen and be like, okay, I'm still in the same universe. I'm still a part of this. It's not the same. And he yeah. may be good. Whoever that person is may be great. It may be, yeah. you know, Maybe better. I don't know, but it's 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 not the same. It's not the original connection. The it's only the, thing it's going to be harder to replace. I feel as if like, why is it my instinct just because of Marvel doing this a lot? But I'm just like, Lupita Nyong'o is now Black Panther. Like, let's Fuck just yeah. yeah, let's do I, that I, because okay she's that. the only other actor that I feel like could do a good. I don't know. Very Plus, well like, might. she's part of the canon already, so, like, why not? They very well might do that. So, uh, in the history of transitions, of weirdest transitions in this podcast history, uh, fighting with my family. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk about a movie here really quickly. How, other than that, how's, how's, uh, how's everybody doing? We doing okay? We, 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 feeling, we feeling this? We feeling this movie? I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised when I originally saw this movie how good it actually was. It's right? So good. 
And, and I should know the South Congress podcast. It's a wrestling podcast. Real quick, tell us, uh, can tell us what uh, your podcast is about. So actually, South Congress isn't is absolutely like an anti wrestling podcast. By sorry, day, I li- right? sorry, I lied. Sorry, I lied. No, 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 no. But you're fine. You you knew what the podcast oh, yeah, was yeah. when you introduced me, and like nobody ever does that. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> so no, South Congress a lifestyle show talking about the goings on in the world. Um, like I'm sure this week is going to be heavy on Chadwick Boseman, um, NBA strike and Jacob Blake. Like that's going to be the stuff that's talked about. Right. But no, um, pro wrestling torch East coast cast is a weekly call-in show. Um, every Wednesday, six thirty Eastern five thirty central myself, Travis Bryan and rich fan, um, taking calls, uh, emails and voicemails, on questions of the week in professional wrestling. Um, we crossed the 10-year mark a few days ago. I'm wow. I've been on for, yeah, it's probably, and it's weird to like, you got to qualify your shows, right? It's absolutely the longest running black wrestling show in the world. Like, it just has to be, right? Because it's been weekly <laughs> for a decade. <laughs> like, I don't know if it is, but it has to be. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah, but that's that's where we take, we take the wrestling calls. Um, but yeah, so so um, what was interesting was like when Dex reached out, he was like, hey, we're doing Fighting for My Family. And I was like, wow, way to stereotype me because I've never seen Fighting for My Family. Um, <laughs> I absolutely like I avoid WWE movies on purpose so that when I write about WWE or talk about WWE, like, I'm not, you know, brainwashed to the point of, oh, this is how they do business. Because in a lot of ways, it's not. So I avoid that stuff. But mm-hmm. Dex is my man. So like I watched it. And, like, I really liked the movie. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is really good. And, and the thing is, all like, yeah, like knowing, the, um, knowing the story outside of seeing the movie, like knowing the story beforehand, kind of, you know, how she came up. Like, I've interacted with like, her dad before. So it's all like, okay, like, yeah, this is, um, I know this stuff. But it was good. They did a good job. They absolutely did. Yeah, a lot of it is uh, a little, it's not as accurate as you would expect it to be, but you know, it's a comedy based on their life. So it's not, it's not going to be or never was going to be. Um, But of course, and throwing the rock in there is kind of interesting. But uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Why are you a wrestling fan? How did that start? Oh, God, I have a dad, you know. Um, (laughs) uh, I think we all have dads. I'm not a wrestling fan. It's it's weird, like, I'm from, so I'm from Maryland, right? Yeah. So technically Maryland's the South. And when I say the South, like Maryland is like just far enough South to where that's WCW time. So mm-hmm. if, um, my, my, if I'm with my dad on a weekend and he's waiting for the baseball game to come on, um, WCW Saturday night is on. So that was like the experience of me and my dad watching wrestling. Um, my mother, who is a uh, retired Air Force, when before she married my stepfather like that gap between being married to my dad and my stepfather my mom was a single mom so even though she has like a military salary she's like i need some money so she worked part-time at the old capital center where the bullets played oh, wow. at the capital center wrestling comes to the capital center so mm-hmm. i'm there in the stands watching with her so it's a thing that just stuck i'm um you know i was in middle school when Steve Austin was throwing fingers and DX was saying, suck it. So that's, you know, that's what I come from. I mean, attitude then, era, attitude era. Exactly. I'm like a, a kid. And then I graduated high school 03 and that's WrestleMania 19 when it's like Stone Cold's last match. So I'm there for, for all that. And it was just a thing where after I finished college, 
I'm looking for podcasts and stuff, and I find one, the East Coast cast. Um, I end up getting in good with those guys, and now I'm, like, writing about wrestling and talking about wrestling and interviewing wrestlers. It's just, like, a thing my dad liked to do that I just kept doing it and stop. Like, that and comic books and Star Trek always just stuck with me. So, yeah. That's interesting, man, because, I like, I'm not going to say, like, I'm, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that uh, I'm – totally unaware of wrestling because it's, it's impossible. Like it's so big regardless of where you are in life. Like the WWE games I was playing on N64 back in the day, (laughs) everybody knew about uh, stone cold and the rock and every, like you're a liar if you like didn't Um, because there was some dude wearing a shirt walking around your middle school that had uh, Mm -hmm. Austin 316 on it or something like that. But like the, the thing, but the closest I've ever gotten to wrestling was in a uh, gym at a Indian uh, reservation outside of Livingston, Texas. Uh, very, very, very much not the WWE. <laughs> that's as close as I, I got into professional oh, wrestling. I thought that story was going like you ran into a wrestler at that. Gym, I also that you were, that. Do you like run into the Undertaker? Undertaker? <laughs> the Undertaker's like no, no, no. <laughs> the closest I've ever gotten to a wrestling match was in a hot gym in an Indian reservation. Got it. Outside of Livingston, Texas. Boyden got thrown through a table. (laughs) (laughs) Got DDT'd. I thought your story was like, yeah, I was doing bench press and Goldberg asked me to like spot him. And I was like, oh, all right. The story. And then it just ended. (laughs) No, so fighting with my family. Let me read the synopsis really quickly and we'll get into it. I'll just say really quick. I really like this movie. Uh, I think we all did. Um, Wow. Fighting what with my change. I know it's crazy, but we're still probably gonna talk about it. Don't worry, fans of the podcast, that we're gonna shit on this movie. Um a former wrestler and his family, I hope, because it's funny. A former wrestler and his family make a living performing uh at a small ven- at small venues around the country while his kids dream of joining World Wrestling Entertainment or the WWE, randomly directed and written by Stephen Merchant. Uh, yeah. crazy. And uh it says it stars The Rock, which that's just not true. Like it stars Florence Pugh, the God. What are, what are we doing, Dex? Hashtag support Florence Pugh always. Of course, uh, Lena Headley, he- Lena Hetty, uh, Nick go. Frost, Jack Loudon, Zach Knight, um, also a couple other Olivia Brinstone as Ellie. Some uh, this movie came out twenty nineteen. It did okay at the box office. It had $40 million at the box office. I don't think a lot of people understood what it was when it came out. Like, is this a comedy? Is this, well, What is this? Uh, it was only an $11 million budget. Most of that probably went to The Rock. It's uh, <laughs> sushi budget. The yeah. Rock and Vince Vaughn. The Rock and Vince Vaughn. Um, that $11 million just goes around moving the Iron Gym. <laughs> I think he was. I think he was actually. I think he was a producer on this film, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, him and Danny Garcia were both producers on the film. Yeah, yeah. the the starting because there was a documentary about Paige and the WAW, and apparently The Rock saw it while filming Hobbs and Shaw or one of the Fast and Furiouses, and for whatever reason, tapped Stephen Merchant to get this going. I've seen an interview with Stephen Merchant, and like he's like apparently a big wrestling fan, which is weird. Like he just um, likes the he likes the drama of it. The most uh, the caricature of what a British person is is a wrestling fan. That's great. Um, 
So this has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, 82% critic source. So people really like this movie. Um, yeah, uh, Fighting With My Family 2019, a weird follow-up to Midsummer by uh, <laughs> Florence Pugh, but here we are. So Cam, we'll start, yeah, we'll start with you, Cam. Family, uh, to a certain extent. Yeah, family. Loves family entertainment. Uh, Cam, we'll start with you really quickly. Uh, give your rating, review, give it a letter grade, if you will. I'd say a B. I'd definitely say Ooh. it's a B. Um, I think that you wanted, like you rooted for the people in the movie. Like the protagonist, you very much wanted to see them succeed. I think that like for a WWE movie, and I feel weird calling it that because it's produced by people who are in WWE, made a bunch of WWE footage and access, right? I, I think that they did a great job of showing the parallel journeys of the brother and sister. And I thought that that was more than I expected from this. Like you very much felt for the brother. And, and I know not everybody here is like a super wrestling fan, but what they were saying about him being a journeyman is very accurate. Like the thing about wrestling is there's a reason that you only know four of them. Like if you don't watch, there's a reason you know a few guys because a lot of people can do the moves and it's just so much deeper than that. Um, there's a reason that you have a certain mechanic. There's a reason that you go to a certain barber. It's not just about fixing the thing you need. It's about making you feel good about it. And yeah, they, um, boy, they told a lot of truths in that movie that I didn't expect them to tell. Um, so yeah, I'd say the reason I wouldn't say it's an A is because there are things that are just flat out fabrications and lies and are propaganda that mm -hmm. you probably have to do for a movie that's probably suited for ABC Family. But <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, overall, like the what they were trying to get across, I think they did a, a really good job. Absolutely. Now I'm really curious what the propaganda is. Like, just the way her story shapes out and stuff is not accurate. Yeah. I know that the biggest thing, like the idea that her at 18 was convinced that WWE was all about women showing TNA, and that oh this woman made me see that it was actually deeper than that. I was wrong. That's just, that didn't happen. Like, that's not true. Like yeah. WWE, even when she was brought in to be, you know, the quote unquote anti-diva. And it might've been AJ. Depending Didn't on how she do the anti-diva leak or whatever? Is that yeah, her? They, okay. They were very much still in the business of get attractive women um, we'll find a way to make this thing work, whether she's good or not. Yeah, it's like, let's not pretend Paige yeah. wasn't hot. Like, and if she wasn't hot, like, she, like if she was an ugly, ugly girl, like, there was no way they were going to bring her on anyway. Like, yeah, well, and even if, if you watch WWE today, um, what they were really telling you was, not that the audience did not find Paige attractive. They mm -hmm. were telling you that Vince McMahon didn't understand Paige. Yeah. Like, one of the most famous stories about Vince McMahon, I know this is a movie podcast, I'm not going to like no, delve. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 this is more research it. we've ever done. Yeah. yeah. If anybody, you guys familiar with Gail Kim at all? Yes. Does that uh, name sound familiar? No. Okay, Gail Kim is an, a, a Canadian wrestler. Um, I believe she's Chinese. That might not be true, right? Um, Gail Kim, super athletic, um, very talented, uh, very traveled. So they bring her into the fold. Vince McMahon looks at her and says, I don't get it. And Jim Ross says, what do you mean you don't get it? He's like, I don't understand what we're supposed to be selling here. So Jim Ross shows him Asian porn. And then Vince McMahon says, oh, I understand now. Yeah. It's absolutely oh. a true story. 
Excuse me, oh, what? Excuse me, what? Who did not understand the appeal of Asian women until Jim Ross showed him Asian porn. Are we meant to believe that, that Vince McMahon, the weirdo that we know he is, has never delved into Asian porn? He's just been sitting around? <laughs> yeah, I mean, never... yeah. He, well, he didn't go to Vietnam, so no. no. <laughs> anyway, like I was saying. No, like, another podcast. This is a person who, um, you know, it's a, it's a 70, 80-year-old white guy. Like, him understanding that, you know, the appeal of women is, is vast and far-reaching just isn't in his wheelhouse. So, yes, this was very much them saying that no, nobody in the crowd at NXT would yell that a woman's unattractive. That's not the NXT audience. That was very much saying Vince McMahon wouldn't have seen the appeal in Paige, and Paige had the power to do that. Yeah, I think the the the, the crowd or, or even Vince Vaughn is supposed to sort of be like a stand-in maybe for Vin, for Vince McMahon, maybe oh. a little bit. Also, just interesting, Gail Kim is apparently Korean, but billed as Chinese. So, your assumption that she was Chinese makes a lot of sense, because apparently that's how she was completely built. I find that very disturbing. Sorry. The <laughs> and you're doing your research, and you see Gail Kim right now, and you're like, wow, super attractive lady. Yeah, yeah. she's beautiful. It took adult film work for him <laughs> to understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did he tell her? Like, I like that porn. He was. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a reason that she'll never work there again. Like, she absolutely is is on the train of wow. This is a racist company, and here are the reasons why. And she probably starts with the large VHS collection that we brought to Vince McMahon. Yeah. As a Jesus. this may be a good Christ like this is going to be a difficult question but like in the past like the racism that has been out through through the WWE how have you been able to I don't know deal with that as as a black man like what I mean I know that's a yeah. deeper question than like everything else but it is interesting like I well, you know it's I don't like know. yeah no it's like every other company in the world black people work there and so sure. like I have to decide whether or not I'm going to, um, you know, let a white man's tyranny stop me from helping a black man feed his family. And that's the breakdown of most things, you know what I mean? But like, I, I very much, um, when I sit down and write, like I don't hesitate to write about the racism and wrestling and things that need to change. And, and the thing that I can share is wrestlers feel the same way. Right. Like wrestlers absolutely will DM me like, hey, thanks for saying it because I can't say it. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, salute. Like, I, I, I'm glad that this idea that you're just in it to get along and you don't care about issues isn't real. Like, I'm glad that you do value these things too. But that, that's what it always breaks down to, man. It, it's the same thing with the NFL. It's the same thing with the NBA. You know, any, any company that has a strong uh, black presence on the employee side but not on the management side, you know, you got to make that choice. I don't fault anybody for ever saying, I can't watch this or enjoy this because of how this owner is or how they treat people like me. I get it. You know, mm -hmm. I choose to go the other way. Don't fault anybody for it. That's incredible. Thank you for that insight because uh, that, like I said, that is the most insight I think we've had on this podcast in a long time. We were just going to go like, when they said shit, it was funny in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> His accents are hilarious. When he got hit, <laughs> when he got hit in the balls with a bowling ball, I laughed. So like, that's what when, I think. When she said, "Take me down and bury me pregnant," uh, I laughed. 
Yeah. <laughs> funny both times. It was funny both times. <laughs> it was. How, how is a joke funny both times? But that one was. That uh, one truly oh, stayed consistently funny. It's a well, saying I've never heard until this yeah, it's movie. It's a saying I've never heard, but now I'm addicted to. Like, I want to find a way to insert it into all yeah, the I'm very Jake, go ahead, man. What do you what do you give this? Uh, I'm giving it an A, and I totally understand where Cameron came from. I like Royden. Like I, I didn't grow up with wrestling. I was partially banned from it because it was violent. Okay, um, so it wasn't a huge part of my life. But as a film itself, like it, it's good. It's entertaining from start to beginning. There's not a character I don't enjoy. There's no wasted time. Like this is a pretty short movie. I don't know what the runtime is. Like I want to say, I can find it for you. Yeah, it's it's a quick. It's like a it's a quick hour 45 probably you're you're in you're out and i mean they waste no time so i'm i'm fully invested in it um hour 48 but yeah yeah in out short um and so i love it for that i i will agree like it is a propaganda piece 100 percent. because the reality is is the wwe is terrible to their wrestlers and while it might be a place where dreams do come true like it is a shitty dream to live. And I think almost any retired wrestler will tell you that. And this film definitely makes it seem like the WWE is like the greatest place to work for. And this is like, what's going to be, you know, you're going to be the best thing in the world. I mean, Paige in reality retired at 25 because of an aggravated neck injury that she's still having. Yeah. Like, didn't she like mm-hmm. break her back or something like that? Like I don't, that you said aggravated neck injury. So I just interrupted you. But like, like that. No, no. But I mean, like, like she's, de- she's, she's been dealing with, yeah. And dealing with injuries that, like, you get from being in a major car wreck. So, and WWE is not helping her in any way, shape, or form because she was a contractor with them. So, this is 100% a propaganda piece made by the WWE. So, you, you, you have to watch this with that grain of salt that this is essentially just selling you into WrestleMania. And, and really quickly, not, not to interrupt your point, but the no, best good. part in the movie was when her and the girl she's tagging with are practicing the suicide dive and she goes to bounce against the ropes and the second time she has to grab her neck i'm like oh okay so, so they're paying so they're okay that's good like, I, yeah, I would not never, yeah and that's 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 the one hard thing about wrestling that like if you don't watch it like if you just jump into a match or you jump into a show, you're like, okay, this is good or this is bad. The hard thing is knowing people's career-long injuries because you yeah. look for it every match. Like, I don't know if you guys know who Daniel Bryan is, but you know, Daniel Bryan kind of had the same issue as Paige, neck, in- neck injury after neck injury, and he's back wrestling full-time now. Every time he lands on his neck, I cringe. Every single time. Mm. For sure. Um, but yeah, sorry to interrupt. That was just no, like, the dude, great moment in the movie. I've, and I'm like, I don't know how they left that in, but they did, and wow. I've listened Honestly, to podcasts have, like Undertaker and stuff, or or uh, it may, yeah, it may have. Been, I think it was Undertaker, but he was talking about like how he like ripped his quad or something from. It's just like from the bone and stuff like that. Like, why the fuck? Like, no, thank you, no. Thank I mean, you. good. First, applause to Cameron because we talk over each other all the time, and he apologized. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being a kind gentleman. Uh, I mean, I won't pretend to know. Fuck your point, Jake. Sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I won't pretend Sorry, to know. Uh, like wrestlers and all their injuries, but like I, I do know that they're contractors and they're not getting health insurance. And they're, 
I mean, they are putting their bodies into very dangerous positions. Like, we always constantly talk about wrestling as, like, oh, it's just, it's fake. Sure, fucking fine, whatever. But, like, they're actually putting their bodies on the line every day, as opposed to any other professional sport where you have a whole team surrounding you, making sure that you can put your body on the line every day. They really don't. And so, you know, it's it sucks for this film to present it as this major glory moment, when in reality, there's so much that goes behind it that like Paige had to deal with and we don't really fully get to see that but apparently we kind of do because there's little hidden notes and things like that like sex tape um <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a little bit uh, uh but otherwise else like no I, I did love it um I thought it was great I was not invested. film wasn't honest a plus <laughs> a plus <laughs> Titanic sucked I loved every second of it um wow. no I mean <laughs> that's me um but yeah, no, I loved it. It was good. What do you think about Stephen Merchant? Like, you seem to be a big Stephen Merchant stand. Like, what do you? Was this out of left field for you for him? I mean, it, it has all the tags of a Stephen Merchant written comedy, though. Oh yeah, like once you learn that, it really does. Um, at first, it it sort of made sense. Like, it's a we have to insert a somewhat famous British person, but he has to look upright, and so when we insert him into this family dinner where you know it's just regular british family that's super into wrestling that's trying to hold themselves up a little bit but can't stop from cussing and just being themselves like stephen merchant very much fits that uptight role but to find out that he's a big wrestling fan way out of left field but also makes a lot of sense it's so funny because his face i think he has the funniest face i think i've ever seen like it's just like it's just like he's just staring at people like he's just so like wooden and stuff it's still it's his straight face is hilarious to me because he's just like, excuse me, what? Like, he's just like, I, I don't know. It's incredible. And he looks at his wife. He's like, they're just done talking. He's like, do you have any other questions? Like any? <laughs> I don't know. They tried. They absolutely tried. <laughs> I, I thought that was like the charm of it. They're like, okay, he's, I don't know what their equivalent of hillbillies is, but these hillbillies. <laughs> uh, yeah, well. One of them got my daughter pregnant. And he seemed, and, and that's like something that you can't show in a movie that happens that fast. But they absolutely were probably like fond of him as a person because like sure. Zach presented himself. Uh, he, he just carried himself well, and him being so caring about people. When he said he was going to do the things he needed to take care of that kid, I believe that they believed him. So yeah, yeah that that fish out of water stuff. And then I, I just thought like uh, Lena Headley is like one of my favorites. Like Dread is one of my favorite action movies of the last ten years, and mm-hmm. she smoked that. Like I'm not like a big Game of Thrones guy, and that was just. I didn't start watching it, so I couldn't start after everybody. But uh, yeah, she's always great. Um, yeah, I, I thought that that was they presented a caring, loving family, and the juxtaposition of the two families, even with them trying, was good. Then at the end, um, you know, them being all down for it, getting <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about wrestling. You got to put somebody in a room with twenty thousand people for them to really understand the performance in, in the ring. Um, I want and two Lena. more things really quickly. Go ahead. I want to get these out really fast. Because we're going to talk about Vince Vaughn, I'm sure. But like the idea that Vince Vaughn uh, journeyman, who I couldn't tell if they were talking about uh, Albert or if they were talking about um, Brooklyn Brawler or whoever they were trying to put in there. But I'm like, this idea that you gave up your career diving 30 feet off the top of a cage, like they presented like he did it himself on the fly to make the rock look good. It's like, no, Vince McMahon asked him to do that. That's what was written into it, and he decided he was expendable, and the guy knew he was expendable, so he did it. Like that's 
that's the propaganda working right there, right? Enough mm-hmm. for, for Rock to give him a pound once. Like, no, I, I, I died for you. Like I'm, I'm Jesus to you. Like, come on. Um, thanks for selling. So, thanks for then, selling out your body. I'm the biggest action star in the world. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can. I can put that man in a stunt. But even though, like, they gave him a good gig. I'm sure, like, NXT yeah. head guy is good. Um, and then the other thing, um, I have forgotten. And if it comes to me, I'll bring it back. I want <laughs> Lena Headey to get me pregnant. What? Okay. Did your dad and Barry you pregnant? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say about her performance. Jesus Christ. No, um, Caitlin, go ahead. Um, okay. So wrestling's like been in and out of my life, like where I've never been that into it, but I used to date this guy for about like nine months and we'd get super, super high off dabs and then we'd watch wrestling and I was it M M&M? M was it M M&M tattoo boy? No, yeah. different person. That would that would be too um, that would be too easy. Different person. Um, and I would be so high. I think that I thought that they were dying on TV. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> they thought like every time they lost, they were like actually. Kayla was so high. Wrestling became real. No, yeah. can I tell you why I genuinely thought that? So I remember the way I got into wrestling is because I'm a creepy bitch, and because of, of Chris Benoit. And Owen Hart. Yeah, and Owen Hart. And I was like, what's his fucking last name? The two, like, really, really famous deaths related to, like, the WWE or WWF, I think, is with Owen um, or whatever. But, like, Chris Benoit, I, like, remember being so fascinated by that true crime case. And then also Owen Hart, the fact that, like, he literally died basically when they were airing it and that Vince McMahon decided to continue the show must go on despite the fact that they literally watched a man be killed. Um, And so I used to have like this really morbid fascination with the WWE. That's why I thought everyone was dying every time I watched like an episode (laughs) because I was very much like the WWE is a violent corporation that like murders people. I mean, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Um, but what's interesting is that, like, I totally did not catch, and I mean, it was probably obvious, but it's, like, it's so easy. Propaganda is so interesting to me, because, like, I am the number one person to be, like, women are being, like, subjugated and objectified, and, like, I'll bring it up, like, anytime, but I've bought into this so hard, this narrative that, like, I was, like, yeah, you're right, women aren't just tits and ass, like, blah, 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 and it's, like, they tricked me, they got me. They made me genuinely believe better of the WWE. I was like, what a good organization. What a kind Um, and cool and normal place for people in the workplace. Oh, God. They lured me into this false narrative that I truly believed once I saw the dead kid. I was like, I'm here. Um, Like, not dead kid, dying kid. That woman's really, really sick child or whatever. But um, I give it an A. I I really liked this movie. I watched it with my mom. We both cried. Like, it's a good movie about family. And, like, as someone who has, like, a pretty dysfunctional, unusual family, like, not in a wrestling sort of way, but in a, like, we have trouble whenever I've dated people and tried to introduce families. People don't like my parents. Um, and, like, because they're just aggressively loud people. And, like, they don't really care very much about, like, 
bugging other human beings. So I was like, I relate to this and I relate to this feeling of camaraderie and like being on like the same team as your family and like having these goals and having people in your family where it's like your goals may not line up with like their goals and hurting people that you love get what you need to do done. Um, I don't, I don't know. I liked it. I missed a lot of the sexism, which it's like, is <laughs> just kind of interesting, actually. I think on an analytical level, I think that's just interesting because it's like, it definitely lured me away. And I wonder if it has to do with that idea of like this happy family and like the tone that's set that you kind of just buy into everything that it's being said. Um, the sexism in the, in the divas thing goes without saying, I feel like a little bit. And I know Cam, you talked about that a little bit where it's just like, we need hot women. Like, it, it, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess it's like, for me, this is going to sound like really stupid, but I'm a, cause I do powerlifting. And like, I guess maybe growing up, cause I watched WWE when I was like 10 with my friend Marissa. Cause like, that's all I like knew who the undertaker was. Like I'd go home with her every day and we'd watch this stupid thing with her brother Carson. And like, I think for me, there were very few real illustrations of women being strong and like able to fight. And while I understand there is that objectification, I still go to the gym and men don't believe I'm squatting 250. And like, and they genuinely are like, you should leave. This isn't your bench press. You don't, you don't bench 130. Like, and I guess there is also that, like, there is objectification and extreme sexualization, but there also is this idea of women being strong, like, and that's Interesting of, flip side of that. Yeah, right? And I think that's my thing is maybe I also got kind of distracted by that narrative that I think I get more, I don't care if I'm objectified. That's something that I've dealt with since I was, like, 12 years old. Like, I'm used to it. But it's, like, there's something about like when you work really hard to be strong like physically strong and people still underestimate you so seeing women be cheered on for being strong is more meaningful to me like i'm never gonna escape objectification but i can no. make people realize i'm strong yeah and i would not say of course i wouldn't say like i i know how you feel but mm -hmm. like to add yeah. on to it like it's the same thing with like Cam, have you been at a black have you been objectified cam <laughs> no i've absolutely been told um, this isn't this isn't your bench, bench press. Um, yeah, I fought that kid, but anyway, she <laughs> <laughs> had, like, um, yeah, had it. Out. A bit of different interaction, but no, absolutely. Like it's it's that thing you have to do. Where look, I don't necessarily like how this individual is being treated, but there are also pluses to this. I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. right there, with you. and like uh, even the women that like they alluded to, like one of them was very clearly. What, what's gosh what's her name um because they literally had whoever played her in her uh e torres is who it was so you know how one of the women wrestlers had kind of the, the really updated garb it was like a, a really kind of long top that would have been like a bikini top but it cut below her belly button um and she had like the the really curly hair so e torres was a wrestler with them for a long time as soon as you if, if anybody's googling right now when you see her you're like okay i recognize yeah. the outfit she ended up marrying uh, one of the Gracies after wrestling. And now she's like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, super student. Uh, but yeah, while she was there, other than a few moments, like they treated her well. They presented her really strong. And so there are people who absolutely come out of that system 
without being quote unquote damaged. But the thing they won't tell you, like, so AJ Lee, they had the AJ Lee footage, right? Yeah. That's clearly uh, Thea Trinidad, who is uh, Zelina Vega with WWE right now. The reason AJ Lee didn't play AJ Lee is because AJ Lee uh, hates WWE for backstage politics and sexism and the things that they had her do. Um, and so, yeah, like there's, those things are always kind of working with them. Like there's a reason that there's some people who played themselves and other people who didn't. And that super prominent role, like the night that Paige became Paige, um, they couldn't have the person do it because of how they treated her. So, well, yeah, it's, it's, constant, uh, it's constant negotiations, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I've been sexually harassed in the workplace pretty dramatically. Like, had people grope me where I worked and like that shit like that just happens to women, honestly. It's like a normal, unfortunately normal part of your life that you just have mm. to and let, until the world dramatically gets better, it's something that you sometimes have to make. Yeah, you just make negotiations. Like, does it matter more to me to get forward in my career and be this person? Maybe I want to be this like well-known, recognized athlete. So does it make more sense for me to put up with harassment backstage that I shouldn't have to put up with? so that I can reach that level of excellence. And I think a lot of probably WWE divas deal with that negotiation all the time in their head. Like, does it, is it better for me to deal with this harassment and sexism so that I can get what I want? Because, like, the system's not going to change. Like, unfortunately, it has not changed yet. And as even in the Me Too era, it's like it's not changing, at least not fast enough. And I think it is one of those things where it's, like, so easy to say, like, oh, these women shouldn't put themselves in these situations or, like, blah, 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 or it should be different. And it's, like, it's hard to make something different, A, when it's your only option if you want to pursue a certain career. But it's also, like, it's hard to make things different if you just feel, like, I don't know, when you're being harassed or when there's sexism, you just feel, like, totally unpowerful. So it's hard to make anything different or expect anything different. So you wouldn't have squeezed the horn is what you're saying. No, no, you never squeezed the horn. (laughs) No, the minute I saw that, I was like, I'm sure, like, if anyone's ever dealt, like, with people totally always underestimating you in your life, the horn scene, I was like, you never squeezed the fucking horn. It's a fucking trap. They're always trying to get you to squeeze the horn. Like, it's like when I'm bench passing, some dude will always come up to try to help me out. And I'm like, I got it. Like, fuck you. And it's like, I don't know. That's Next time you're bench pressing, can I come up to you with a horn? <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, I'm like, bench pressing one hand. I have to let like one hand. Like, it is. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I have no one spotting me. There is no safety. I'm just like. I died. Um, no, I intentionally never put clips on either side because you do the. Oh yeah. Uh, well, other than that, you do the roll. You do the roll of shame. The roll of shame is for sad people who. Dude, the roll of shame hurts, especially when you get heavier. Like right when it hits like your lap, it sucks. Okay, the minute I have boobs and like because when you're oh yeah pressing, what <laughs> what this damn dude is the have, greatest guest reaction we've ever had on this podcast. I wasn't ready I, for that. I, no, but you drop 130 like you can't make it. You were like, I don't need a spotter. I'm good, and then you drop 130 pounds on your boobs. It fucking sucks. 
<laughs> That's why you don't do the whole yeah. chain. You do the tippy top. Yeah. That's safer. I also never use clips because you can fucking find them. What? I felt like the... I felt like the dad in Easy A when his son was like, I'm adopted. And he was like, what? Who told what? you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, I give it an A. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. Is this the Easy A podcast? Or? We were talking about sexism, and then I brought up Easy A. That's all. Uh, I mean, it's a thing off. So here we go. Uh, a hilariously problematic movie. Dex. Uh, Dex. Go, yeah, it is, it, it is your turn, my guy. So yeah, following like up movie. all of that deep commentary. Uh, yeah, I just fucking like the movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good movie. Like, you're, we're, we're all going to, like, normally we all shit on it, but it is a very good movie. It's good. Yeah, I, w- I was an A at first. Y'all have talked me down to a B plus. <laughs> just, <laughs> just listening to y'all discuss this. But so I give it a B plus. Uh, yeah. It just reminded me of all the things that I liked about WWE. I was a huge WWE fan growing up. Um, I was born in 95, so, like, I caught the end of the Attitude Era, like, as I was, like, developing memories and stuff like that. Obviously, I was around for a lot of The Rock's run. I still quote The Rock a lot. Um, Stone Shut Cold. up, bitch. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you think. The Rock got bars, man. The shut up, bitch, <laughs> is the funniest reply of all time to anything. It works in every situation. Every single time. I like how he yeah. included that scene just to make himself look cooler. Like, this, uh, what this is really propaganda for is The Rock. This yes. is rock propaganda. Uh, this <laughs> worked on me. This movie came out in 2019, and it closes with a slide letting you know that The Rock had a successful career long <laughs> after he retired. Like, it's not like nobody watching this did not know who The Rock was. I remember... That's such a mom. Stephen Merchant thing to be like, he's fine, he's doing okay. <laughs> so, you know, like, the blind kid did make it as a professional wrestler. Yeah, that's um, that was a, No name. That was a real kid? Like, they, they say it was a real kid. Um, <laughs> I'm not familiar with him, but yeah. So you know the blind kid made it. They could have put a name on him. Could have gotten him a little more dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, were just like, they, they were just like, yeah, he's, he's around. He's I really still, hope, still blind. I didn't, I didn't check, <laughs> but I blind. hope he's credited as blind kid one. Even though there's oh. no other blind kids, I hope it's blind kid one. Oh, no, they should call him blind kid three. So they should have to go back and watch the movie and try to find like Where's the third one? Quite, make it the like blind they're, they're bearing. Yeah. You find out blind kid one was one of the guys he beat up in the bar. He was just throwing phantom balls. <laughs> the guy that caught the pool ball to the face is now oh, blind kid man. number two. Wait, Dex, did you say he's still blind? <laughs> 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 like I, well, yeah. Oh my goodness. That's how that works. Yeah. Formerly blind kid like, three. Hanging is he made it as a professional wrestler and is still blind. <laughs> I mean, that's what it felt like though, reading that. It's just like, yeah. There was a real blind kid, still wrestling, still blind. Like that's what it felt like. I don't remember exactly what it said. But still. In case you were wondering, still can't see. There's a blind Ooh. side too, and it's about the blind. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh man, I won't. <laughs> I gotta look it up. I wonder how woke this movie is. I wonder if the actor that played the blind kid was really blind. There's no way. This is a Christmas Prince 2 scenario. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're gonna feel real bad if we're gonna have to cut this part out of (laughs) you. But yeah, like like I said, I was a big WWE fan growing up. I'm still like 
I'm still like WWE adjacent, like following Cam and like some other wrestling Twitter folks. I can still, I still like know all, who a lot of the wrestlers are. I know some of the storylines started going on. I know about some of the drama in the other promotions like AEW and TNA and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, watching this movie just really reminded me about like what I like about all of that stuff. Um, kind of the spectacle of it all. Um, the athleticism and stuff and obviously just like recreating moves with your cousins or whatever, um, you know, when they spend the night or something like that. Uh, so yeah, just watching this movie, just, it gives you all of that. Um, obviously it kind of glazes over some of the other stuff, like y'all mentioned, like the sexism. I mean, obviously I grew up watching like Trish Stratus and Stacey Keebler wrestling gravy, like every Monday night. <laughs> um, so there was a whole lot of objectification going on. Jesus. Um, bra and panty matches and fucking strip poker nights and oh shit god, like that. Bra and panty matches. I remember those as a kid. Oh my god. We, yeah, there is so, <laughs> so so much. It's uh, so bananas that this is a billion dollar industry. Holy shit! Why is that bananas? <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just nuts. It's just nuts to me that we that it's, enough people were just like men ruled the world. <laughs> so much of the stuff they got away with, like in the nineties yeah. and two thousands, it's like holy shit. Like uh, Vince, Vince McMahon, McMahon was dropping the N word <laughs> to yeah, a yes. white man <laughs> with with a, with a black man. Like not in the room because they were outside, but with a black man standing there, who had to bug his eyes out of his head <laughs> and say, "Tell me, he didn't just say that." Like, with, like, with no answer ever. Yeah. Like yeah, this is a billion dollar company right here. You know it's how how do they survive? Like, when people talk about like the brawn panty matches, and uh, you know you always get those people who uh, I wish wrestling would bring back uh, you know brawn panty matches and. Uh, wrestling in a damn tub of cranberry sauce matches and all that kind of stuff. And my response is always like, porn exists and it's free. <laughs> like you don't, like that would, wrestling wouldn't be better if they had what you used to see after wrestling on USA for Ronda's up all night. Like, no, that's not better. You can actually go watch people have sex the way you would like them to and then let wrestling for free be on Yeah, for free on the internet. It's, it's for a, no like, money. You just get naked out there. For no money. For no, yeah. for no, nothing. That's incredible. Ah, That's incredible. Support me a Khalifa because. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, hey, there's a fun wrestling parallel, right? Oh, um, God. Interesting. Yeah, so, like, Mia Khalifa is like. I won't talk bad about The Undertaker because you guys seem to be, like, decently fond of him, but it's like Goldberg. No. It's fuck like the Undertaker. you show up. No, fuck the Undertaker, absolutely. But it's like Goldberg. Like, now he shows up twice a year for really big paydays, right? Um, and so uh, a Bella Danger would be like AJ Styles, wrestling all over the world for years and years and years and years and years, and years just because she really likes the Mia Khalifa is Goldberg? Mia Khalifa is Goldberg. <laughs> is that what you're absolutely. saying? <laughs> absolutely. If you can't tell me... You can't tell me your favorite Goldberg match. You can just tell me he looked really good when he was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'll hurt you is that Mia Khalifa keeps publishing her um, tax at like her um, how much money, her income every year. And when she did porn, she literally made absolutely no money and she makes no royalties on her porn. <laughs> so she made who's paying for porn? Who was paying for porn? Well, she only I, made a thousand dollars for each porn shoot she did, and she did twelve. So she only made twelve thousand dollars in her entire career doing porn. I hate to call sex workers liars. Like genuinely, I don't like to do that. Yeah, but that's not a good I think that, 
Yeah, but I think that there are a lot of people who got paid very little at their jobs, but still made more money than most people at their jobs. So and she, I think that she's one of those people. She published... Um, her, Why are we having this conversation? Because I need to... <laughs> because I'm because a big Khalifa fan. Um, but she published <laughs> her income, and it looks fit like she's fairly telling the truth. Like it, Yeah, nobody's ever lied on a tax form before. Okay, maybe she's lying on her tax forms. I don't know. But like, but I you do know what's funny? Like, I'm also a very big Mia Khalifa fan. Like, I think for her I to think... flip, like, flip porn into all these different avenues, I think is super impressive. And I think that she was you, have to present yourself, yeah. you, you have to present yourself in a way, um, like, the, the amount of effort it would take and the amount of professionalism it would take for you to go into a company and say, hey, here's this thing you know that I do and have done very publicly, but if you let me get into this other area, I can be successful for you. Well, and, and she wasn't allowed to have, she apparently like applied for like 50 different jobs, like as normal people do, but like the minute they would see her, some dude would be like, you're fucking me a Khalifa. And like, she would not get a job that she was more than qualified for, like literally being a receptionist when she has a college degree. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's hard. She, I respect the shit out of her. And I don't know if I think she's a liar there. I have more issues with someone like, what's her name? Tara, um, Reed. Patrick. What? <laughs> Reed. Tara Reed with the, um, tattoos down her back. I have more of an issue with her. She seems very weird. Uh, yeah, I, I, I also are, are you talking like, about Tara Patrick? <laughs> her lying on her taxes does not make her a bad person to me. Like me believing her or not with that. Again, I think I think that she's done some amazing things yeah, from a sure. position that they don't allow you to do amazing things from. I, will I, I, I argue, do think it's funny. Abella Danger hates her, um, yeah. and Abella Danger would literally do porn for free. She I would will. go on set for a cheese sandwich and, and <laughs> work her ass off every day. They used to call wrestlers who didn't really make money ham and eggers because they would give them a sandwich after the match. Um, she's absolutely a, a ham and egger. That's Shouldn't have to be. like like like. We'll give you money. You're good at what you do. No, she's like no. She's re- she's refusing the money. Like I no, will no, say, no, thank you. when this is for the Mia Khalifa lived in Austin because my friend worked for Rooster Teeth and like knew knows the Bella her. Danger doing it for the love of the game. Because Mia Khalifa used to work on. If you've seen her work, she loves the craft. But she used to work on Rooster Teeth occasionally, and I will say, I kind of believe Mia Khalifa because she lived in a very not rich part of Austin. She didn't live live in central Austin. She intentionally lived in Buda. Anyway, which, fighting with yeah. my family. Uh, <laughs> also, this it's podcast a good movie. officially does not support I, Rooster Teeth. I still can't get over <laughs> that Cam called Cam called Mia Khalifa Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. The Goldberg. So that's one of my favorite bits on Twitter is comparing porn stars to wrestlers. <laughs> I have fun doing it. It's yeah. it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> even, does that make look, does that make Mia Khalifa Clint Capella? And in turn, Abella Danger, Pat Beverly. I feel like wow, Abella Danger is too good to be Pat Beverly. Yeah, um, this is very esoteric, but yeah, uh, yeah I feel like Abella Danger do it. Abella Danger doing it for the love of love of the game, but like not making the most money. Like she's like, oh, hold on, come back to me. I'll get I'll get there soon. Is she she's dirt? No, she is dirt. She's, she's dirt. She's dirt. She's taking hometown deals left and right. So yeah, she's, she's just bad at her job. 
That's all it is. She's just not good at making money. Absolutely not. No, she's making no money. That means you're bad at your job. It doesn't matter how well you perform if you're like never getting paid. No, no, no. And and guys, I, I don't think she's not getting paid, but she would do it for free. Like she said that. I do so it because I like she, it. It's like oh, she says that, but it's still like, please pay me fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm, I'm begging you. Yeah, give me my money though, but it sounds nice. Yeah, man. but also let me do it for free. I'm kidding. Please, no, pay. Did I finish my damn review? That was. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is a review. That's not. That was talking. Talking. Uh, Talking porn with a one tag podcast. <laughs> we are an hour and five in, and Dex hasn't finished his review. <laughs> Dex um, finished your review. Quick. No, don't, don't. You don't have to because <laughs> we just hijacked your entire thing. Yeah, like just kind of watching some of the a very uh, kind of glammed up version of some of the the background stuff that goes on in WWE. Some of the, some of the training stuff um, is how hard it is without you know they give you as much as they can about how hard it is without like making themselves look like an absolutely awful company which they are um so yeah just kind of that that struggle i really appreciated watching her journey even though it's only an hour and 48 minutes in you get a whole lot of uh, growth and development and you see this really cool journey from florence Pugh. uh it's florence Pugh, and i love her and she's great and everything that she's ever done um so yeah i give it a b plus I fucking loved wrestling, and this movie reminded me of why. Florence Pugh is the shortest person on the planet. Um, Starting point guard on my all-actress team. Oh, yeah. She that's... is not 5'4". It is no, a lie. The big-time lie. That, uh, that the, 5'4 the... is not tall, you guys. I know, but she's not 5'4". 5'4 is still considered a petite sat, like, like in women's clothes. Like That's still considered petite. She's, She's five missing the joke. Keep moving. Just keep moving. I'm not missing the joke. Y'all just don't understand women height. Keep moving. Dex thought I was like five nine. <laughs> I definitely didn't three. think you were five nine because I'm five foot ten. But <laughs> you thought I was tall as shit though, and I'm like, I thought you were tall. taller than our very short friend. We are gonna. Dex recently learned that he has short guy energy, so we're going. <laughs> different. Oh, I do love uh, mention to uh, one of the uh, writers of Full Circle said they ran into Dex at um, New Mutants. Apparently, the most average movie of all time, according to Dex. Also, yeah, it's the most okay movie of all time. And uh, he said, he said, ran into Dex, real cool guy, way taller than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit. I was like, yo, how short do I seem online? Because I'm, I'm only 5'10". I'm not very tall at all. Like, if you thought I was way shorter than I am, holy shit. 5'10 is not short. He yeah, thought you were average. He thought I you thought were a little, little man. He thought you were a widow. Roy, hit us with that review. Nah, uh, okay. we're going we're gonna, to... Nah. Nah. <laughs> Wait, rate it. No. Um, I, give, uh, I give this movie a B plus. I'm right there with uh, Dex. This movie was delightful. Like I said, that a little... It was delightful, man. And I think that the reason, I think making it a comedy goes a long way because I wrote down the, you know, these characters are so much larger than life in real life that like making this as a straight biopic drama sort of thing, because you're dealing with an interesting subject, right? You know, like it's making this a straight, making it a straight biopic sort of thing wouldn't have worked as well as I think that, this did and so with Stephen Merchant at the helm and obviously having the rock 
in there and, and big things like big characters like Vince Vaughn and, and strong actors like Florence Pugh and Nick Frost, and Lena, Lena Hetty, like having them all in there really made this movie go a long, long way because the subject is like, I think you could have made this movie about anyone other than Paige, maybe because their family was so crazy that like it goes a long way, but this, the, her story, Paige's story is not any different. I feel like than any former divas champion, like technically, like I, I got into the NXT or NXT rather. And then I, then I won that part of the story. I feel like is this all is sort of the same. The part that I wish we had a little bit more of before she went to Florida and everything. And I, Vince Vaughn carried that part of the movie. I think Florence Pugh was like the fifth or sixth best part of this movie. And we love, we look, we stand our queen all hail. But like, I think she was the fifth or sixth best part of this movie. I think, I think Lena Headley, Lena Headley and Nick Frost, Jesus. I'm dying. <laughs> Uh, I think Lena Headey and Nick Frost had a uh, had a really great had really great chemistry. I think they were they were fantastic. I think there was this was the most honest and like natural The Rock has been in any movie, like in forever. I like I you know and obviously he's playing himself, but he was just like I wrote down and we don't have to get into notes because I didn't take a lot, but I did write down this is that like he has been on since he was in the WWE. So that's like going on 30 years. He's just been on the entire time. And he's had to be this character. And by all intents and purposes, he's a nice dude. But it's it, it's crazy that, like, I don't know. This stuff, like the, hey, rock, 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 rock. Hey, 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 hey. I'm sure that really eats at your fucking skull. <laughs> yeah, as yeah a, if you're doing that your entire adult life, like with everyone you've ever met, even people who don't like wrestling at this point, it's like you just know who The Rock is because he's he's The Rock. Yeah. So just dealing with that from every fucking body has got to be insane. Yeah, and so that part of him being like, that part of him being like, hey, Rock, and he just turns and smacks the <laughs> smacks right. them all like, what's up? Like... That was the most honest and like accurate, self-aware I think I've seen The Rock be in a long time. And obviously, he's been in comedy movies with Kevin Hart that have kind of made fun of how bigger than life, larger than life he is. So I think that was funny. And I think Vince Vaughn was fantastic. I think the performance in this re- performances in this really carried the movie and making it a comedy. I'm not going to delve into like what we we talked about it at length, but making this a comedy really went a long way. And a lot of the lines were funny as hell, man. A lot of the dialogue was really funny. A lot of the, the the physical humor also in this, like hitting the dude in the face with like a trash can lid and then in the balls with a, like a bowling ball. Childish. It's funny. Yeah, this shit is funny. I don't care who you are. Sorry. Yeah, yeah and it is yeah. funny. And also the physicality of the performances as well too, like flying off the ropes. That really, it really did more. This movie did more to make me appreciate the physicality that and the acrobatics that wrestlers go through more than I think any thing that I've watched in a long time. Cause when you're watching for me, if you've, you know, just tuning into a wrestling master watching old highlights, it seems slowed down in a way, but the way that they operated the camera in this and her flipping over people's backs and doing stuff like this and jumping and like doing multiple flips while you're attached to a person and stuff like that. That was really cool. I, that, that gave me a different perspective of all this that I, that I didn't have before B plus man, this movie was 
This movie's fun. I really like this movie. Shout out uh, to Dex for bringing it to me. In the same vein as like Top Gun made everybody want to join the Navy because you thought you could be Maverick. You're right. This is another recruitment film for the WWE. Like yeah. everybody watching this is like, if I got ripped, if I did this, like I, I could do this. I could be a part of this. I know what the steps are now. Mm-hmm. I could beat the rock. Well, I will say, and I wrote this note down as well. It, it the WWE is one of the smartest organizations as far as branding and merchandising and licensing that has ever come around. They are so self-aware of getting out their image and, and getting it to the masses. Nobody has ever been better at getting their product to the masses like Vince McMahon, other than the first iteration of uh, the XFL. But we don't have to talk about that. Um, Let me ask you something really quickly, because I love that you brought up um, how good The Rock was in this movie. Um, you know, like, of course, it's about him playing himself, right? But here's one thing about The Rock. So, you know, his production company is called what, Seven Bucks Entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. And it's called that because Rock tells a story about him uh, not getting to the league, not making it in the CFL and be down to the last $7 in his pocket and then uh, getting a tryout with WWE and making it. Do you guys believe that The Rock would have been homeless and destitute and starving um, and WWE like gave him a chance and it all worked out for him? Like, How much of that do you, do you think is true? I mean, he would have just been a normal dude, right? Like, He had family. Like, you know, so, like, this is the thing. He wouldn't have been a normal dude. The Rock was a third generation wrestler. Like, that was his, the parallel to Paige. If you look at The Rock's tryout tapes, he's a natural in a way, maybe only Kurt Angle was a natural. Like, this idea of The Rock uh, either being poor or being a six foot five, 275 pound uh, real estate agent, it's just <laughs> not true. Like it's not like this, this rags to richer stories that he tells, like it's not accurate, but here's the thing that is accurate. The rock 100% believes it. Oh, he believes his story. He believes his story more than 100% believes that he was down to his last two sandwiches and this thing happened and through hard work and determination, he made it and God bless him for it. But you can't teach being the size of being Warren Sapp's backup with no waistline. <laughs> you can't teach that. And like would, having these movie star good looks and just being like the one half black, half Samoan guy, uh, you know, that could model on the planet. Like none of these things are things that, that are, they're all luck as far as that goes. Luck and genetics and blessings. But he 100% believes his story that he was rags to riches. So when he gets on there and starts talking about it, it, is, it comes across genuine as hell, because it is. Um, so, yeah, like his interactions and his parallels with Paige about them coming from wrestling families and you got that thing, but you got to fight for it. Oh, he, that he lives and breathes that shit. And, well, and, he's yeah, been he's selling this for 35 years. Yeah. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Like, he's not that old, sorry. He's been selling it for like 25 years. Nine, yeah, like 96. And, so, yeah. and I, you know, I was listening to a podcast today that said like he is the – 
he is like a social media influencer, but he doesn't have to be. You know what I mean? He's the biggest movie star on the planet, but he still goes on there and is like, guys, you got to wake up every day and rise and grind and like everything. And like, dude, you don't, don't fight. Like, you're the he rock. is the biggest rise and grind dude there's ever And he been. does it. That's the thing about it. His and he believes it. It ain't fake. He's really yeah. up at six in the morning eating, eating 14 stacks of pancakes, kissing his daughter, calling his ex-wife to do business deals, which is the, the biggest miracle on the planet. Like, that's what I credit him with. Right. He built an empire with his ex-wife that he married too young. Um, just fascinating, right? And she's married to his personal trainer. And Good it doesn't Lord. bother him. Like, this is a man. Is, it, is he the most healthy person on the planet? <laughs> he has blinders the likes of which you've never seen. He is running his race, and nothing is getting in the way. Not even the things that would bother all of us. He's a miracle. Um, but, yeah, like, so him playing him is when you're going to get the best out of him. And I know I took us on a long tangent, and I'm sorry. No, it's great. Like, that's that a very fantastic. Good point. That's a very good point. I, I did say, I took down the note, it's weird that, I mean, this movie doesn't get made without The Rock. Let's be completely honest. Like, his connections with the WWE as well. Like, maybe Steven Merchant's able to make this because he's a pretty big Hollywood name, too. But, like, not as big as The Rock. But, like, it's weird that The Rock interjected himself into this story, but I don't think um, you get the kind of talent in this movie if The Rock isn't in it. Like, or if he's not the producer as well. Um, and like I said, I think it's the most honest. Like, you don't get Vince Vaughn and, like, Florence Pugh and all these people, like, if The Rock isn't... Oh, The Rock's producing in, his, in this movie a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get... That. I mean, you might get Florence Pugh. It's not like she was, like, lighting it up at this point with major like, True. box office bangs. Yeah, you would probably get, you'd probably get Florence Pugh, but you're not getting Vince Vaughn. You're not getting, Le- uh, you know, Lena Headey and, and Nick Frost. You know, like, it's not... Yeah, I don't know. You're not getting. I don't think you're getting Stephen Merchant and him to write and direct it. If 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 The Rock isn't producing it, yeah, I agree. Cam, something Guys, I wanted to ask you about. Yeah, yeah. Really quick, movie. let me ask you first. Who's Florence Pugh? I'm I'm 34. <laughs> like I know who she is in the movie, but like, what's the thing I should know her from? Midsummer. Probably Midsummer. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. her. Fuck. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. oh God. Yeah. Okay. Midsummer Little Women. I'm sorry, Dex. Yeah. Midsummer Little Women. It started. I don't know how it started. It started as a bit early in this podcast that we uh, that we the Oscars because she got snubbed for supporting actress. No, she got a she got a nomination. She got the nomination. We wanted her to. I wanted her. Yeah. She. We we put because our first episode was we were talking about Oscar nominations. Yeah, the Oscar noms, and we were saying that Florence Pugh should win for supporting. More people. Yeah, should. my whole thing with Florence Pugh is that like, obviously, there's all these like actresses and actors that are really young who people are like, oh, you got to watch out for them. They're gonna win all the Oscars, blah blah blah. You know, your Sarsha Ronans, your Timothy Chalamets, all those kind of people. But I just decided that I picked Florence Pugh as my like actor to watch or whatever, actor to watch or whatever, and then we're just rolling with it. It's a bit now. Um, I watch Midsummer and, and Hereditary back to back because I'm mm. I'm that type of person. What, what stellar day. movies? And I'm just like, wow, there's some evil in the world. But those are great movies. Ari Aster is a terrible yeah, I was person. Say, is Ari Aster the evil in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I, I need more. Oh, I find I, as much as people need Taylor Swift to be broken up with so we could get another a- album, I need yeah. Ari Aster to be broken up with so I could get another movie. No, he needs to. He, he needs to go to another. He needs to be divorced. <laughs> he yeah, needs to go to another level. Another level. Yeah. 
was gonna say, but I yeah. don't actually want Taylor Swift to make any more music. I'm over it. I'd be okay with that personally. Yeah, I'm done. But yeah, Cam, what I want to ask you about like these underground promotions and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like obviously there's a ton of them in wrestling. Is that like a viable, sustainable way to make a living or are people just out there just risking their lives for nothing? Okay. Are we talking about the wrestlers or are we talking about the promoters? Are we talking about both? Like the WAW. I, okay. Like those like yeah, farm like leagues or those like they, backyard. They do a great job. Of, like of the people pushing. I saw in the in the gym in an Indian reservation. Yeah, they did a great job of really showing how that hustle works. Like absolutely. Um, I was uh, before the world shut down back in February. I know it was Valentine's weekend because I had two dates. It's not important. <laughs> on the what Sunday, what a Valentine's weekend. No, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't. Oh boy, it ruined my life, ma'am. Oh. I was going to say, can someone else now get, like, Mr. Bitches now? No. I, feel, <laughs> I don't no, want to be Mr. Bitches. Caitlin, you are the only Mr. Bitches. <laughs> you still go. shove Mia Khalifa into this so, podcast. You're still Mr. Bitches. <laughs> so, um... Sorry. Uh, this indie promotion in San Antonio um, reached out to me. Um, Might have been, like, January. They were like, hey, I know you do work for the Torch. I know you write for Fansided, so... Can you come to our show, maybe do some interviews, um, do some, uh, like, put them on the podcast, do some writing? I was like, yeah, sure. Like, it's, you know, I grew up in San Antonio. I love to drive home, and I got, that was my second date. So I was like, yeah, I can come kick it with y'all. It's no problem. So I go to the show, and it's at, like, a local gym, and good show. Like, a bunch of indie wrestlers that I knew. I talked to the promoters, really saw the guys had all these ideas, haven't, never ran another show. And of course, the world shut down, but didn't run another show. I have a bunch of uh, a bunch of friends on the indie scene. WrestleMania weekend um, is when all the smaller promotions run their shows in the same city that WrestleMania is happening because you have nothing but wrestling fans in the town. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, you run your show because you can get people to come in. Um, a bunch of those promotions fell through because WrestleMania didn't happen. Like, the indie wrestling scene is very much, do you have somebody who has their own money, and do you have people who might be willing to work for a little bit less than what they're worth to make this thing work? Like, it's sustainable, but it's very difficult. Um, Those things come and they go. Like, right now, there are promotions that I have friends um, working who are running shows in Indiana, running shows in Jersey, um, because if they don't, those promotions die, you know? So, and, and we were talking about in the face of the pandemic, um, outside of that, and, and I certainly don't want to make light of a pandemic. There are people losing their lives. Um, people I care about have been affected, but it's always an emergency for these promotions, man. Like they have to hustle and grind. Is it quite on the comedic level of huddle up every kid in the neighborhood into a van? Not quite that, but yeah, like there's uh, there's a company here in Austin that was called Wrestle Circus. I had an interview scheduled with a guy one week because he had a show coming up in two weeks. He closed the company six days before the show happened. Damn. Um, because his money wasn't right. It's very difficult. Being an indie wrestler is not the hardest thing in the world because now you can sell your t-shirts, you can sell your stickers. If you're any good, somebody's going to find you and want to buddy up with you and make sure that 
if nothing else, you can keep the lights on. Indie promoter, different level. Um, you got to keep that money coming in. Um, and some of the things you have to do are along the lines of what her dad had to do to keep that rolling. It's very difficult. Well, the WWE is to wrestling as the NFL is to football, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like the, the reason the XFL could never get off the ground is because the NFL's like, uh, fuck no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, it's not going to happen. And it, like, there's never going to be an indie wrestling thing big enough. There might be for you to make a living, but not big enough for you to make even a dent in what the WWE is now. You got to remember, um, and I say you got to remember, guys, it's all before you were born. It's basically before I was born. WWE was a Northwestern territory. WCW or Jim Crockett Promotions was the South, and there were small companies left and right all over the country. This man came up with the broad idea of, hey, we got money. We're going to buy out every independent promotion's talent. We're going to offer them more money than they've ever made. These promotions will not be able to hire these wrestlers, and they'll fold, and we'll have everything. That's what happened, right? So WCW, who was a legit competitor and was beating WWE, they went out of business for bad booking. And that's why AEW can be here now because TNT still wants to run wrestling. But yeah, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. The system is not built for other independent promotions to maintain unless they're in bed with WWE. If you have somebody who's good enough that people want to come see, WWE is going to take them, and you're going to be stuck trying to fix that. Absolutely. What do you think of these WWE matches uh, with no one in the stands? Offhand, um, WWE is not built for that. Like, I think UFC can sustain because it's really people trying to kill each other. Right? Yeah, so it's, it's fine. You're like, it's that, still a fight. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't go away. I think the, NW, uh, the NBA actually really still works for me because – as much as like I love football, you grew up in Texas. Football is everything, right? Right. I don't think that there are there's any league where everybody on the floor is as competitive as the NBA. Like mm-hmm. they, if anything, what, what what do you want in the NBA more than winning? You don't want to get styled on at all. So you're doing everything you can. <laughs> I hate this conversation as a Rockets fan. I hate it. Well, sure, but 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 granted, you have. And I, I give Rocket the Rockets a hard time. James Harden is like, how do I want to say this? I'm not saying he's the best player in the world, but he absolutely broke the game. He's that player that in the called, video game where like the attributes don't match up with what the game wants it to do. So you can just do things that you shouldn't be able to do. James Harden's fantastic, right? These guys do not want to get James Harden. Like, they don't want that three hitting their eye. They don't want that layup going around them. They don't want to get dunked on. So the NBA can sustain. Issue with WWE is, what were they told their whole lives? You do it into the camera. You do your finishing move into the camera. You play to the crowd. And that's how you know if this thing is working. That's why they put the, the developmental wrestlers behind glass, because they need somebody to interact with. Um, I think there have been people who are very good at it. But they are not coached in this environment, so it's been very hit or miss. That's that's real interesting that they've still decided, like, yeah, we're still going to do these shows without fans. Like, they got to, got to get their bread, man. Yeah, I guess so. Um, all right, uh, anything else anybody have to say on this movie? I got a couple couple of things that a couple of funny lines. Um, Nick Frost telling you that all pregnancies are unplanned, son. Uh, real, <laughs> yeah. really real. 
And he, and he goes, why did my, my, my leg bit both ways? He's like, you should see his cock. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. I mean, penis. Sorry. Uh, I just said I want to marry Lena Hetty. That's fine. Um, the uh, dick me dead and bury me pregnant. We, uh, we covered that. One of my favorite lines was Vince Vaughn just being the absolute asshole and pages of her tryout. We're just like, if I say your name, step forward, Focus. you get to go to Florida. Blah, blah, blah. Page. Page. Dramatic pause. All right, everybody go home. <laughs> yeah. so I, I do. Cold. Vince Vaughn was really, really funny. He just looks at that guy in that, that short guy in that purple suit. He's like, uh, yeah, this, that's your salad. That's what you mixed up in a bowl today. You ever do a push up? <laughs> Uh-huh. You know what one issue is though, really quickly, like and again, Vince Vince Vaughn, who has who who would Vince Vaughn be? I'm trying to think. Um <laughs> Vince Vaughn is like Jerome Bettis, right? Absolute oh. Hall of oh. Famer. But you ask him to do the same thing pretty much every time oh, yeah. you have him out there. Three have yards in a cloud of dust. Have that guy. Have that guy. But I don't know who else you want doing it. Like Vince Vaughn basically has played the same role ever since I've seen him in like swingers, but he's very, very good. The issue is you put Vince, Vince Vaughn and the rock up next to each other and they're probably damn near eye to eye. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ain't no, ain't no six foot five jobbers in WWE that they're just trotting out there. <laughs> like it would have been much more accurate if they got a, a genuinely like out of shape or smaller guy playing that role. I understand why they didn't, but, like, to me, they were combining, like, Mick Foley, Brooklyn Brawler, and a few other people. Like, Vince Vaughn is still, like, conventionally good-looking to the mm-hmm. point where I don't believe that guy was the jobber that they let Rock throw 30 feet off of a cage. They're not letting somebody, the Rock, throw another six-foot-five man off of, yeah. They, there aren't, like, Mick Foley wasn't, like, a small guy, but he was, you know, Six one six two out of shape with an ass wide as my TV. Like there's a reason <laughs> that he, he was the dude to beat on. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that part was kind of like okay. I, I don't know how much I buy that, but very much like the performance center coach, who I would consider like the high school coach that the college coaches go to because they know he can produce talent. Like he, I thought he was very good in that role. Like he, uh, like you said. You get the right director and you get the right producer, you can kind of get anybody. Because that could have been David Spade. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know Jesus. if y'all saw Division Three, but it could have been really, really bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, the uh, <laughs> What are you doing? You just can't hang out with The Rock? What are you, a Make-A-Wish kid? What do you say? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, the, the first, it doesn't matter what your name is. You looking like, uh, what do you call him? He called him Oliver Twist. Yeah, please, sir. Some advice. So good. Um, they fried Paige in this movie. Like the Rock yeah. fried her, the fans fried her. She she got cooked. I do like her movie. It's they, like boo, you're ugly, boo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take a broomstick and shove it up your ass all the way back to Harry Potter. Just a boo, you so stink. Dark. Boo, you stink. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne, sing us something. <laughs> I know yeah. nothing about NXT, but those events cannot allow hecklers. Is that a thing? So wrestling, right? I'm I'm glad. Maybe I, share I don't know, right? So you guys know who Sasha Banks is at all? Yes, I do. Yes, Sounds okay. Familiar. 
So Sasha Banks, um, main roster WWE wrestler, depending on who you ask, the best Continue, I'm gonna step on away the planet. Um, yeah, she's, uh, she's Snoop Dogg's cousin, which helps, right? So Sasha was in NXT uh, for a while, maybe has the best NXT women's match ever, maybe the best NXT match ever with her and uh, Bailey doing an Iron Man match, like a 60-minute match. But one thing that happened to Sasha while she was wrestling, um, the crowd started chanting every week, Sasha's ratchet. Um, Yikes. They've never chanted that at anybody else. So, like, you have to look at the information and say, oh, it's because she's in front of a crowd in South Florida and she's black. And there's really no other way to go about it. Like, she doesn't have, like, what you call ghetto mannerisms. Um, she wasn't out there in, like, cheap gear that pretended to be, like, rich gear. It was, she wasn't talking with a cadence or with a vernacular that would be considered, like, ghetto or hood. She was just black. And they decided to do that. So heckling on the level of you're ugly, go away, they would definitely walk you out of the building. But heckling on the level of, oh, everybody's saying it, and we might have all white management backstage who might not know what this means, yep, we'll let it fly. So there's levels. There's absolutely levels. Yeah, and I imagine it's worse for the women, too, on NXT and just in the WWE in general as far as you know, the group thinking people getting out of control, saying some wild shit. Um, yeah, I think while that scene was funny, like, just kind of the, like, just the things they were saying were hilarious. Like, I can, I, I can definitely see how in real life, like, some of the shit that WWE fans would say would, like, really fuck people up. They did a good job, though, of, even though she didn't get her come up since then, when they had her practicing on the mic with Vince Vaughn, and he would say something to her and she shoot something back. I'm like, okay, there's at least a little bit of redemption here for what happened. Like that's yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. This movie's so good, man. Like this movie's so good. Good movie. Like I'm telling you all these bad things about why it shouldn't be good, but like, no, they did a really good job. Like, you don't expect the acting to be tight. You don't expect the story to be tight. You expect weird time jumps. You expect them to make it look easier than it is. And granted, for, for a movie that's under two hours, they didn't really show the rigors of NXT. But um, Paige was an NXT before NXT was like a studio show that you could see every week. So I was kind of okay with that. But like, what I would have wanted to see was I wanted to know how Paige interacted with people outside of wrestling. You know, like, you have that scene at the beginning of her, you know, at the swap meet, for lack of a better way of saying it, because I don't know what they call it over there, but it was like, the mean girls don't like wrestling. But I'm like, damn, I know this girl had some friends that she didn't see at work. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I want to know, like, what that's like. And then I understand why, but it would have been nice to see how she interacted with normal people in the states, um, as opposed to just her coworkers. You know, you we definitely could have got some that. good jokes about like her being British and saying random British shit in America, yeah. and just people laughing. That would have been good comedy. That's always funny. people just fucking with her, like, like okay, I get down with you. Like you're cool. You know, um, 
they fried they fried her ass whenever they were like whenever they were like you don't even know the first thing about us i was like oh shit (laughs) yeah Yeah. and it was like i I just wish she would have been like now i know the first thing about you like because i know what management saw when they signed you i do know the first thing about you but maybe let's delve into the third or fourth like we can talk about that but um like it's weird that it's like to imagine that they didn't absolutely treat her like they put her in a burn book and then we have to turn around and watch her feel sorry for them because they're going through some things. It's like, no, y'all, y'all really did this. Y'all really did like exploit her and treat her bad and make fun of her. But now like she should feel the way. Okay. It is interesting to me, uh, the final, the finale of the movie when she wins the, uh, when she wins the belt, um, maybe the least exciting I think I ever was for, for that. Like, cause I knew what happened. Because it's just like, it, she didn't, and I did, I know they did it on purpose because she was nervous, but it was also, I just had to say, it was like, also, she didn't say anything, and then they started fighting, and it was like, she won. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Watching also, it live I, was dope, though. Like, I, I, I was actually at WrestleMania 30, so I was in New Orleans the night before, and then I think we flew home in time enough Monday morning to see the match. But yeah, it was, it was. The way it was presented on TV, it was a really cool call because AJ had been running roughshod. Then you get somebody from the boutique league, NXT, that's supposed to be cool, and they went out there and put on a really good match. So that was it was it was better in real time than it was mm-hmm. in the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird how much they undersell. It was like the last ten minutes. They're like, and she won. Like, I guess <laughs> yeah. right, okay. Also, very weird of them to give her stage fright. Because the real match, she actually did have a conversation before the fight. Yeah, I looked that yes. up too. Weird. Yes. <laughs> they, very yeah, weird. Paige was very much like in her zone the whole time. Absolutely. Because she was like, I'm just here to like congratulate you. Like that's like her whole thing when she, like she had a spiel. Like it had like a plot. Mm. yeah it was like she was actually good i'm watching it on the movie you're like oh she's still kind of trash this would be really awkward that's a weird (laughs) i'm sure they did that for that motivational inspirational but it's still just like but it doesn't make sense for wrestling because the wrestling is about like they've said it the entire movie is selling it to the crowd so she can't do the one thing yeah exactly (laughs) And then, but at the end, when she wins over a longtime Divas champion, the longest apparently running Divas champion, that when she wins, they're not they're not gonna boo her. Like I feel like every like if she didn't come out there and like sell it, every like every dude bro in a in a tank top out there would be like, no. Well, you can imagine like on a stage like that where millions of dollars are flowing through that arena. If that really happened, where she just shows up, doesn't talk, wins a wrestling match, and then yeah. it's like, all right, thanks, guys, bye. I have a quick question. So pissed. Would they tell her about a match the day before the match? <laughs> yes. Game? The really? answer is absolutely yes, they would do it. Um, the thing about Vince McMahon is, like, he's very mercurial. Um, okay. It's what he wants in the moment. Um, things change day to day. Like, of course, everybody knows the Montreal Screwjob story. Um, yeah, sure, to, to absolutely. Bring it, everyone yeah, knows like, what the it. fuck are you talking about, right? Everyone knows okay. it. Fuck so, you, Brayden, to everyone knows it. Down, it. To put it into two minutes, right? Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. 
two biggest stars in WWF at the time. Bret Hart's contract is running out. Um, Bret Hart's like, look, WCW's offering me a bunch of money. I just need you to offer me some of that money, and I'll re-sign with you. Vince is like, yo, I ain't got the money. Go over there and get your money. Mm-hmm. Issue is, Bret Hart's WWF champion at that time. So he's like, okay, Bret, you're going to go over there. You're going to go to WCW. I'm going to have you on Sunday lose to Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series in Montreal. What's the problem? Bret Hart's from Canada. So Bret Hart says, yo, I'll lose the belt the next day. I'll lose it on Monday in the States, but I can't lose it in Canada. I'm from Canada. That's going to mess up my money going forward. I don't got a problem dropping the belt. I just can't do it here. Vince says, okay, no problem. Meanwhile, Vince conspires with the referee and Shawn Michaels to say, okay, Sean, you're going to put Brett in his own submission move. When he does, Earl, you're going to call for the bell. And that legit happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Hart ended Yikes. up knocking out Vince McMahon backstage in the shower area. And I mean an uppercut to lift him off his feet. Um, spit on him ringside. Said he was going to WCW. And Shawn Michaels claimed that he didn't know what happened for about 15 years. Um, and finally owned up to it. So, yes. I think that was in under two minutes. As bad as that sounds, that was to hurt somebody. So just to change his mind the day of, absolutely, he will do it anytime. One time, um, everybody knows who Steve Austin is. Now that's an everybody thing. Yeah. When, when Brock Lesnar debuted in 2002, they had Brock Lesnar as the next guy. So Stone Cold is still Stone Cold. Very much not the him, next guy. <laughs> yeah. So Stone Cold, tell, they tell Stone Cold, like, hey, um, we're going to do a King of the Ring tournament, and we're going to have you lose to Brock. He was like, um, it's like Sunday. You're going to have me lose to Brock Lesnar tomorrow with no build? And they were like, yeah. He was like, nope. And he walked out of the company and quit. So, yes. Damn, they will son. tell you, they will do that to the person who's made them the most money ever. So, will they do that to a brand new wrestler? 100% absolutely. It's so crazy to me, um, like how how much it changed. Like it'll change the day of, like who they want to, who Vince thinks will win and who won't win, and they have to kind of go with it. But the the best Vince McMahon fact that I know of is that you can't sneeze around him. What? Oh, no weakness, no weakness. If you sneeze in a creative meeting, you're out. Yeah, you gotta go. Why? Um, you know <laughs> what happens if you Patrice O'Neill said it was the worst, it was the hardest job he ever did because Vince McMahon was a crazy person. Shout out we love that. Men, what? Men, in power, men in power, man. Great. Is it like a full-out sneeze, like I blow out snot from my nose, or if I like choke it back and I do that half sneeze? Am I, I good? bet you're out. I bet you're out. Damn. You can't, you can't stop sneezes. Yeah, you no. can. But do you want to work for the WWE, so, Jake? If you're not a, if you're, <laughs> you're not a pussy, Jake. There is a medical problem if you stop a sneeze, though, that you can actually cause yourself an aneurysm, and I wish I was joking. It is an actual thing that can happen to you if you choke back a sneeze. Your brain can just go, Ooh. Yeah, and Vince McMahon would be like, good. <laughs> good. You should have survived an aneurysm. Get good, pussy. son. All right, so um, that's uh, that's Fighting With My Family. That movie was – it was so good, man. Uh, 
We got one more thing to do here, as we always do, a draft of some sort or a list, if you will, of some sort. But we are drafting uh, biopics, biopics, uh, bion- bionicles. Um, that is what we are drafting. The red today. one. The red one. Um, so uh, the draft order really quickly is... Cameron, uh, Caitlin, me, Dex Roydens. And we're doing a snake draft cam. So uh, top four biopics. Go ahead, Cam. What is your first pick? My question is, am I allowed? Yes. Is walk hard allowed? Uh, yeah, why not? Whatever. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's fucking fantastic, though. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, my number one is Ray. My number oh, one is absolutely sure. Um Jamie Foxx oh. just smoked it. Um, yeah, that's my one. Number one with Ray. Uh, one of the best performances. I, I, I still need to finish that movie, but it's like one of the best performances in a movie like, like Walk the Line where it's like not the best movie, but it's like incredible performance. Yeah. Yeah. Caitlin, number, your number one pick. So like I'm tempted to do something just to hurt Royden. Um, like just so that he can't have this one. Wow, playing defense on the first pick. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's really mean. Picking up trade fodder for my first pick. But I know I know that when we asked this question on Twitter, Royden put an answer that I'm don't contemplating. I'm going to do I would like to take Walk the Line. God damn <laughs> For a million dollars. It's oh, mine. Man. Wow. I just did it because it was on my list, but I, it was lower on my list, but I knew you'd take it, and it was yours. Blew all your fantasy it. capital. So I'm ruthless today. I have walked the line. We changed this pot around for you. I will let you know that. <laughs> just let you know that. So, Jesus. Are you, no, are you hurt? I'm very hurt. <laughs> That's what you I answered. You should be hurt. You yeah. hurt him. You hurt me. Good. I knew, uh, I knew I would, and I did it on purpose. Jake, your uh, pick. <laughs> a, it has to be drama. A biographical film that the subject makes fun of every day and makes new employees watch. I'm taking the Social Network. God Ooh, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we're hurting people today, Jake. We're hurting people. <laughs> It's a it's a great movie, and the fact that Mark Zuckerberg makes Facebook employees watch it, and then he'll pause it and tell what really happened and laugh. What a douchebag! Uh, yeah, he makes Mark watch Zuckerberg it. cannot be a real person. Like my least, least favorite robot, my least favorite <laughs> robot, absolutely. This is talking? what happens when the small world children grow up. For the class that I TA, when the small like, world children grow up. <laughs> I TA like a class like that has nothing to do with it. I I TA intro to African American lit, and like we were talking about Mark Zuckerberg for like an hour about how we think that he secretly owns Animal Crossing, what? because because <laughs> we believe also noted only American author Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> My professor brought this up. She was like, "This is a tangent." Keep I going, really keep going, keep going, keep going. But she was just all like, you know. I feel as if there's no one who's cap that capitalist that they will make a game that is purely about just paying off loans. And yeah. like, she was like, this is the work of Mark Zuckerberg. And she also believes that um, Animal Farm is too. Not Animal Farm, what is it? 
um, farm bill. But she said that animal all farm, related, the, the she all, no, she made that wilds. point. She said they're all about animals because they're actually about control and 1984. <laughs> and she was like, truly like George Orwellian bullshit. She was like, this is the Bolsheviks coming to get us. She's kind of kidding because she's very anti-capitalist. Very much not like, kidding. She's not kidding <laughs> at all. She so yeah, my pick is <laughs> the Denzel Washington banger, American Gangster. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking fantastic. Hell yeah. What are you going to shoot me in the street, Frank? Person you going to shoot shot. me right here in front of everybody? Bang. It got stringer out of there, boy. <laughs> Immediately. Him Luther smashing guys' head in the piano and then making them blot the $1,000 alpaca rug is just one of my favorite movie scenes ever. Like, it doesn't get better than that. That's, that's what you want in the biopic. Just ridiculous shit that can't possibly be true, but it's kind of <laughs> true. But probably. Um, my, uh, ooh, okay. So I got two picks here. My number one pick, I'm going to go with, um, uh, Rocket Man. Uh, yeah, uh, we stand Rocket Man and, uh, Taron Egerton's performance. Uh, we don't stand Taron Egerton, bad man. What? I've heard like some bullshit about him being like impossible to work with and kind of like a huge dick. He was great in Rocket Man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but what I was trying to say is we stand Rocket Man and that performance and uh, fuck Bohemian Rhapsody. All my homies hate yes. Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. Uh, I kind of like it. No! <laughs> kinda like I also kind of... Podcast over. <laughs> I also like Bohemian Rhapsody. No, bad I'm movie. a fan of that kid, though. Like, I'm, a, I'm a fan of him specifically. Rami um, Malek? Yeah, yeah. That like I great. His... Uh, Gosh, now, am, I, am I forgetting the name of the show now? Mr. The show Robot? On yeah, Mr. Him, him, on, him and, and, and Christian Bale play off each other great on that show. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of that kid, so, yeah. But okay. Fuck it. Um, my second pick, we're going to go with uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I know, we, I know we make fun of this movie a lot uh, because DudeBros.com uh, really, <laughs> really love this film for the wrong reason, but it's so good. It's very good. Uh yeah, Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort. All right, back up to Dex. I'm gonna go with a movie about a story that's like just randomly really important to me that I think about a lot and like watch a lot of documentaries about. I Tanya. Uh, no, about that was Tanya. also important to me. That was on my yeah. list. Yeah, fuck you, yeah, Caitlin. Suck it. <laughs> it was low on my list. It's okay. Whatever. But yeah, I agree. I love that movie. I love the performances in it. Margot Robbie is fantastic. Allison Janney obviously got her Oscar for it and deserved it. Um, but yeah, those stories is really good. The 30 for 30 on it is really good. The movie like adds like new interesting wrinkles to it. It's not the most accurate thing ever, but it's still pretty accurate and just really entertaining. Um, I think it's also important for what reasons we were talking about earlier about like women. There's like an objectification that occurs like all the time, but women are never actually taken seriously for sport and like for their athleticism and tanya harding is a very big example of that being one of the most athletic figure skaters ever um in women's skate but just because she was not very effeminate in terms of and rich like she was just poor and couldn't afford the costuming she was like shot on all the time bullshit one of the best uh yeah that's absolutely one of the best mother-daughter relationships i've seen captured on screen it's amazing um yeah, Margot Robbie, she smoked it. I, I thought that, like, 
coming off of, and somebody might, I'm going to get the timeline wrong, but I feel like that was coming off of Suicide Squad. Um, yes. Just yeah. really uh, yeah. echoing like that. Um, they used to say Kofi Kingston had a controlled frenzy. Like she's very much in control of what she's doing. But when the crazy pops out, like you really see. Um, like that was a fun, fun movie to watch. Um, and, and just the fact that they would jump from like the, uh, you know, the office floating camera and then jump right into a scene of domestic violence or something like that. Like, that was just a very, very good movie. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that one, absolutely. Well, and also the fact that the show admits like that some of it can be fat. Like the show deals with having an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. really well. So it's like a lot of it is fictionalized, but the movie also, I think very smartly makes way for that to be a possibility without like, cause it opens a lot for unreliable narrator. Like even with their relationship, that you imagine everything Tanya is telling you is true, but like you can, yeah, there's room. Listen to our episode on I, Tanya. Such a we, haven't, we haven't done one. It's just Kayla talking. Oh. Um, <laughs> I will God be damn. <laughs> wow. Ooh, wee. <laughs> She got oh. cooked. She got cooked. Why do you want to hurt me? Jake, Jake, we're the same person. Why do you want to hurt me? I know. Oh, uh, fuck. That was taking, funny. That was funny. Sorry. I will be taking a movie that I've taken in like four other drafts. I will be taking Catch Me If You Can. Damn it, dude. <laughs> it's getting ruined. Shit, man. Oh. oh, it's such a good movie. Sorry. Such a good movie. Terrible Broadway musical. Great movie. That's not true. There's one good song in that movie. So that makes it a great Broadway. Makes it a terrible now see him fly. If you want, if you want uh, one song holding up an entire production, listen to our episode on A Star Is Born. Dude, <laughs> no. I hate you. Why is Jake in a mood? What, what is wrong with you? Because I'm Christ. hungry and it's dinner time. It is. Let's move on. Caitlin. Okay, um, I am going to take Selena. Good bit. Um, Pandering much? No, I'm kidding. Texas. She is the most important woman to probably have ever existed in Texas. But it's also like, I was asking my sister-in-law about this because I was kind of like, I don't know. I like biopics, but like not like that much. And she was just like, if you don't pick Selena, like, I will, like, never talk to you again. Because she's, what what that movie, like, meant for her. Because my sister-in-law is um, a Mexican. She's a first-generation Mexican-American. And for her, that lives in Texas. And, like, for her, Selena is, like, everything. And just to have such, such global recognition for the work that she did is, like, so important and perpetuating that legacy. And also, J-Lo was actually like really good in it which is like like she's only had two movies she's ever been really that good in which are literally selena and uh hustlers, hustlers. Yeah. and that's it that's it those are the uh, sorry no i'm made in manhattan not hustlers no what? but i'm Excuse kidding me? that was a joke uh, okay no um comedy really which is like the most offensive movie towards italian people probably ever made but it's okay mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, so just that's an no, to echo, one. yeah, to go right along with you, you know, growing up in South Texas, you can't stress 
like how important Selena was to a region and a people. And, uh, you know, like I, I feel the way about Selena that I do about Aaliyah. And both of yeah, those people I are just like that. very, like there's just a soul and a spirit that existed with them. And you very much feel like they were taken for unfair reasons. I mean, and most people are taken for unfair reasons if you're close to them, but there's a thing about being being an artist is great, but being a muse means a lot more. Like Aaliyah, matter of fact, we're talking about uh, fighting with my family. Uh, the Trinidad, who played AJ Lee in the movie, is an Aaliyah stand. Like absolutely dresses like her and fashions herself after her and like mimics her videos. Like that, she's very much totally ingrained in who Aaliyah was. And like you said, like they, there's a whole region and segment of women who absolutely delves into Selena. And it's not just women. Like, you know, my, my boys got Selena t-shirts and Selena tattoos. Like, that's, it's what it is. That's how much well, yeah, it's an icon. She, yeah. And she was taken, I think what's so interesting and painful about Selena is that she was taken because she was so famous. Like literally the president of her fan club out of, jealousy and money laundering was like i'm going to kill you for essentially no reason um and it it seemed very pointless such a nut story i didn't know that story until i got a little bit like into high school even though i'm from you know east texas like and she went to the astrodome and everything else i i didn't know that and when i found out about that i was like oh i get it like that's nuts that's one of the more nuts celebrity things that I've ever well, heard. And it's like my sister-in-law literally like the love for Selena and like for like Mexican Americans in Texas and like other people as well, but specifically within that community is so big that they truly are upset that Yolanda Salivar did not get the death penalty. They're like, that yep. woman should be literally dead. <laughs> like, which is just like, a, it's just like an absurd, but very understandable amount of love towards this woman who is an icon. Like we were talking about icons earlier, people who are bigger than like even just their work. They're bigger than that. And Selena is bigger than her work. And JLo did her credit, like which is the bomb thing. They're going to try to redo the Selena movie and it makes no sense to me. I'm like, why? The best thing about the Selena movie, not the best, but the funniest, is that Constance Marie plays JLo's mom and is only three years older than (laughs) JLo. Cameron, you got two picks. Being yeah. a woman in Hollywood sucks. Ooh, back-to-back picks? Oh, this back-to-back. Is Snake draft. Okay. So it kind of doesn't matter what order I pick them in then. Um, so yeah. I'm going to go with what's love got to do with it. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good and a bad, yeah. hard one. Yeah. This is – so there's a generation of people who think that Angela Bassett is Tina Turner – <laughs> and think that Lawrence Fishburne is Ike Turner. Genuine. Um, it's a very hard watch. It's one of those, oh, this is the price of fame. This is the price of success movies. Uh, but just a stellar performance. Um, you know, Angela Bassett is just an all-time gem. Um, you know, you look at her tribute to uh, Chadwick Boseman. It was just amazing. And she just has right. this grace and this air about her. That's amazing. Um, and also, on a tangent, go watch uh, Lovecraft Country for her husband, Courtney B. Vance, who was smashing it. Oh, but, great. Um, Listen to our yeah. Lovecraft Country episode, Dex. 
Yeah, we have one. <laughs> that actually exists. Yep. Wow. See, see, guys, synergy, synergy. Yeah. Um, greatest no, guest yeah. of all time. Right. Yeah. What's, <laughs> what's love got to do with it? Also, it's just so fucking powerful because I forget. I I feel like as a lot of women, I've also been like very physically abusive relationships, and apparently that movie was so powerful for. And I can imagine that. I need to re- probably rewatch it as an adult because I haven't seen. It since I was 16 but apparently when that movie got released there was an uptick in women um actually going to women's crisis centers and like realizing that their relationships were deeply toxic and truly physically abusive and I think that's actually something really beautiful like I feel like that's something to Tina Turner's legacy that I think she would appreciate like women getting out of situations that you have you have a lot of love for each other and there's a lot of compassion but you're truly horrible for one another and like there is this dynamic of abuse so i think that's really cool and also it's, it's like in, um yeah. Yeah, go ahead, i'm sorry oh i was just gonna say i think also what's really important about that movie what's love got to do with it is that it talks about abuse but it doesn't make abuse her entire story mm-hmm. and i think that is also immensely powerful like the story is at the end of the day really about just tina turner and her relationship with ike turner but fundamentally really more about who she is as an artist, not just as a person who is a victim of abuse. To give Lawrence Fishburne some credit, and I don't want this to come across like weird. um, He's a great abuser. He's really likable in that movie. I I mean it like um, I I was working on um, this short film like a year and a half ago, and I had to be like abusive boyfriend. Mm. And it was like, oh, um, okay. Let me try to draw from a thing I haven't been, at least the way they wanted me to, because everybody's done things to upset their partner, right? But yeah. nothing, nothing physical. Hey, look at me, guys. I never touched nobody. <laughs> um, we all do toxic bullshit, though. Nothing. Cam, nothing. do you want to tell us something, man? <laughs> no. But having to draw from, oh, these are the things that exist in the world. And this person who I'm working with, who is like, my, my my partner on set, I gotta really make them feel like shit. Right. Let me pull from it. And boy, did he smoke that. He <laughs> was amazing in that role, just like his his stoic presence and always having that straight face, but but knowing like when to turn it on. Um just like I, I, there are very few movies, especially like biopics, where the two leads play off each other that well. Well and, and also he's so smart in it too, because I think he gives I hate it when abusive figures are played as just horrible and evil and there's like nothing redeeming to them because like I'm sure that's true except I'm sure it's not because (laughs) I think that takes away a lot of agency from victims that it makes them seem like they're stupid like that they just didn't see all these red flags and I that seems so unfair most of the time very abusive people are super charming and Lawrence Fishburne in that movie is so fucking charming at the beginning you really like him Absolutely. Even though you already know how it's going to go. You're like, I know who Ike Turner is. Like, I'm not stupid. But, like, I mean, I like the fact he does play him as a truly well-rounded person versus just, like, this evil boyfriend. Damn third pick. Third pick. This is what I thought Dex was going with, but I forgot Dex is 17 years old. Um, my <laughs> Enzel Washington movie is Malcolm X. Um, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah just a huge... Spike Lee fan, except when it's time to end the movie. 
Um, but those first X, <laughs> first two X, he'll smoke those. Um, but yeah, uh, Denzel was just a natural to play Malcolm X. I love that. Um, kind of the thing I wanted with uh, fighting my family or yeah. fighting with my family was I want to know your interactions before I know who you are. And, you know, he was out there in the street with Shorty, like, getting into trouble, and you see him in jail, and there's the whole metamorphosis, and then when he's matured. Um, yeah, I just thought that the movie itself is pretty good, but Denzel Washington is just at his all-time peak um, portraying Malcolm X. So, yeah, that would be my, my third pick. Bamboozled. Hoodwinked. Let, Let us stray. Run amok. <laughs> The this brother starving is the is a king meme all of a sudden. Like, I've seen it three times today. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, okay, so who are we going with? Caitlin. Caitlin, back to Caitlin. Okay, I'll keep it quick because I can talk for like fucking ever. But um, I'm gonna go with the Aviator. Um, mm-hmm. As a Houston native, God, uh, Howard chair? Hughes matters a lot to me. And as a person who struggles with obsessive compulsive disorder, that movie matters a lot to me. Rice uh, alumni. Also, a Rice alumni. Hoot hoot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, he went there for two years and then dropped out. But um, he never graduated. But um, yeah, no, that movie, he does a lot of justice. And also, OCD, he, he does a really good job. Of telling that story in that downward spiral in a way that is fair. Him like, pissing in those jars and growing out his fingernails will never, like, it's scary. Never not be gross. Yeah, it's hard, but good acting, really great performance. One of his best, Jake. Uh, the King's Speech. That's a good one. Yeah. Glad I took that off my board because I knew somebody was going to take it. <laughs> Uh, movie I saw with my mom in theaters that stuck with me it was one of those first movies that I saw and I was like, "Oh, this is what an Oscar movie looks like." Okay, all right. This I know is what, acting. I know what art is now. Finally, I know what art is now. Finally figured it out, guys. Um, Jake taking yeah. both the Social Network and the King speech is amazing to me. 2011 <laughs> Oscars coming for perfect him. synergy. <laughs> That's all I got. 2010 Oscars, sorry. Uh, Dex? It's your boy. Um, I got a lot on my board here that I could go with, but I think, uh, I think I'm going to go with kind of off the beaten path, Instant Family. Um, oh. Oh. That movie is fucking delightful. That's so, uh, it's so fun. It's really good. <laughs> it's adorable. You'll laugh. You'll cry. Like, Obviously, we don't like Mark Wahlberg. He's a terrible person, but he, he just did so good. Um, Instant Family is so good. I just bought it on DVD again the other day because I found it in the bargain bin at Walmart for like five bucks. But yeah, the movie's fucking delightful. I'm gonna go with Instant Family. Awesome. That, yeah, I, that, another recommendation from you that I just popped on Hulu and it was I, I was blown away by how just fun that movie actually was. Um, so I'm gonna go with uh, two here. One that I've taken in draft before, straight out of Compton. Uh, yep, great movie. Movie's incredible, man. Incredible to to merge uh, all those stories into one, and also dealing with um, the most. Uh, oh, who was who? Who played their? Who played their manager? Who played? Somebody help me out. Oh, who was oh, he? No. Not who played Jerry Heller. 
Yeah, who played? I mean, it's the most like character actor of all time. I went to look up straight out of Compton, and I wrote straight out of Compton, well, and it got very mad at me. Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, Paul Giamatti, duh. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's and that's how you think of Paul Giamatti. He's that guy that played that thing. He was really good. Who had like one of the hottest mid two thousand streaks ever. Yeah, the way in the water ended that streak, but it was a good streak. He was in Big Fat Liar. Yeah, Big oh Fat Liar. Oh, my God, he was Big the Fat big Liar. He, they turned a blue. It was great. Big he Fat was. Liar, my favorite biopic about my boss. My ex <laughs> he, was the, he was the Big Fat Liar in that movie. But, yeah, he played the most Paul Giamatti character ever in Straight Outta Compton. Uh, but he was great. So, I don't know. Merging those stories together is always great. I love that movie. Um, and finally, Moneyball. Uh, the okay, best, yeah. the best sports movie of all time. Sorry, not sorry. Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. You know, I'm not wow. in a position to argue right now, <laughs> but I want to argue. I know you want to argue, and my counterpoint is so. <laughs> like, wait, the best, like, true sports movie or the best sports movie? <sighs> what? That's <laughs> it. I understand. Like the best, like actually, like real life based sports movie, or just overall best. Any movie based mostly on sport. No, I mean you got to put it up there, like like the Rocky franchise and stuff like that is like it is is tough because I mean it most definitely is the best baseball movie. Okay, what? (laughs) This is. I will. I'm a major league guy, but you're not wrong. I will. I will. This is a. This is a. The Moneyball is a hundred out of a hundred for me. It's a perfect movie. This is. This is Dex saying Shawshank is overrated. Level of confusing for me right now. It's not that confusing. I just think it's one of the best sports movies. I mean, I said it was the best sports movie, but it's tough. Like, I think it's the best baseball movie of all time. It's one of the best sports movies of all time. Just the way that it blends baseball and how I feel about baseball and the love of baseball. You have to, you really got to be a baseball fan to like actually probably like. That's what I was thinking too. Like it, it gets, it's a super technical, like. It's, it's super baseball, dude. Yeah. It's, it's super baseball, but you're, yeah. You're putting Moneyball against the greatest sports film of all time, basketball. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Forgot. Yeah. All right. So the the bet gridiron gang, I'm I'm just not just not <laughs> matched up. Yard. Yeah. So Adam Sandler's longest yard. I've never yeah, no, seen. My... Okay. I was just gonna say I've never seen Straight Out of Compton, and I feel like I really should watch it. Yeah. But I just found out Lakeith Stanfield played Snoop Dogg, and I feel like that is bizarre casting because <laughs> they look nothing alike. No, they don't look anything alike. I'm they, so confused. I mean, uh, they could only have Slim Charles play Snoop in so many movies, and so they had to go with. <laughs> they just have completely different aesthetics as like human beings. It makes actually no sense. He does a good Nobody job. He does a good like job. Of- well, because he's a great actor, I'm sure he does a great job. But I'm just like. Also, O'Shea Jackson Jr. being his dad, just you could have. They look exactly the same to me. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Who was a big wrestling fan, by the way? Who was a huge Sasha Banks fan? Oh. Um, it Shut all ties together. All Wait a second! I just brought up something. Apparently, everyone's brought up because Lakeith Stanfield literally tweeted, "I know I don't look like Snoop. I'm very aware, but I still <laughs> got to play him. So go somewhere else and be mad about it." That's it. 
Shout out. Yeah. Uh, Santa before I can say anything. Back up to Dex. Let's let's start wrapping this up. Yeah, I'm gonna go quick. Pursuit of Happiness. I just really love that. Oh movie. yeah, great movie. Um, grew up on it, watching it in school or whatever. Um, so just sad. Being very man. emotional about it all the time. Yeah, it's just good. Shout out to Will and Jaden for doing their thing. Dude, movie, when they're when they're in the bathroom laying on those papers. Oh my god! See the shit out of that door. Oh yeah. no! Hard man. And what was it? What did it cost? Everything. And he's just like crying, like oh. oh. Jaden is also just the cutest child to have like probably ever existed. So that like whenever he looks sad, you're just like oh no. <laughs> exactly. All the right. The scene where they're playing basketball, man. Fuck yeah. that movie's so good. Love that movie. That All movie right. inspired me to learn how to solve the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take Goodfellas. That's a good one. Uh, no. oh, oh yeah, I forget that's a biopic. I know we want to like get through this quickly. You're clearly trying to wrap it up. Nobody <laughs> can convince me that Goodfellas is better than Casino. Like oh. nobody will ever be Whoa. able to do that. That's an interesting take. I think Casino is so much better than Goodfellas. Like, Casino is way more violent. I don't like the film that Goodfellas was shot on. I don't yeah. like the the quick zooms that they make when something's happening. Um, yeah. They, they all smoked it, though. Like, they were all good in the movie. It's just a little bit more cartoonish than Casino is to me. Yeah. And I just like the serious tone. However... Uh, Ray Liotta and I forget the actress who played Karen, who's also in Sopranos, but that, that chemistry is amazing. They're so good together. Absolutely. I mean, Pesci is great in Goodfellas, but he's, it's it perfect game. He pitched a perfect game at Casino. Yeah. Stabs that dude with my the take on My take on Goodfellas is that like once you watch it the first time, you can just watch the good scenes on YouTube for the rest of your life and be fine. Like you don't really need to watch the whole movie ever again after you've seen it once. People's the worst thing that ever happened to that movie. That motherfucker is five hours if you watch it on TBS. (laughs) (laughs) Once Uh, you get to he starts dealing coke with Karen, you don't have to finish the movie. My my favorite thing about Casino is when Joe Pesci stabs that guy to death with a pin. And I saw that scene when I was about eight and uh, my dad was watching it on the TV. And I said, dad, let me watch Casino. Somebody stabbed the guy to death with a pin. And he looked at me like, what are you saying right now? (laughs) Shut up. I also find it interesting as an Italian American that there's only like five people in Hollywood allowed to play Italian people. Yes. And like, they're all in the Sopranos and they all do good fellas. And like, they're also all Robert De Niro. What's the last movie? What, is it called the 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 postman? Irishman. The Irishman. Irishman. Fuck, fucking stinks. Yeah, like, Fuck the Irishman. hundred and two years old. We're gonna have you beat somebody up in the street. The worst um, scene in cinema history. Yeah. But hey, I'll say this though. Goodfellas had as much as I love Casino. The death. Joe Pesci's death scene in Goodfellas oh. is infinitely better than it is in Casino because mm-hmm. you really don't see it coming in Casino. Or I'm sorry, in Goodfellas. You really yeah. don't see it coming. You think he's going to get made. In Casino, it was like, nah, you, you're you on strike 26, dog. Like, they're <laughs> going to get you out of here. But yeah, they, uh, oh, that setup in Goodfellas is amazing. Uh, Caitlin. Uh, I'll be fast. I'm taking on the basis of sex. Um, I'm taking Didn't that, that just come out? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, I really like that movie. I'm a big Ruth Bader Ginsburg fan. Um, politically, personally, and like politically, I think she's like you don't say. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a liberal. Um, but no, but like I, as a woman, like is the most landmark case like for me in American history because it, it was essentially the case that was pushed forward that gave women rights. Um, at least white women rights um and i think that uh, oh my god what's her name who played ruth bader what's her name oh um, uh, 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 uh. i just think she's perfect and everything felicity jones i was gonna say um, it's not alicia vikander no. no but i just find felicity jones like perfect and everything and the accent that she did very few people can actually get a new york accent correct without sounding hokey and she like did it she sounded like she was from long island and it was beautiful and it made my mom cry because my mom was the first industrial hygienist at female industrial hygienist at her job and that whole movie made my mom start sobbing because she was just like how far we've come that my daughter can like be getting her phd and i was like the first woman even allowed in my job your mom also cried at holes too yeah. Your mom's just a crier. She cried at this My movie My mom's too, right? a youth pastor. Like, she, her whole job is to hold people's hands and cry. Like, that's, that's what she does. Right. Shout out to Army Hammer for playing every single character Army Hammer has ever played in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> They're really, all the same. They're not all the same. He, play, he plays range of bad white guy and good white guy. And that is his full range. Bad, handsome, white guy. <laughs> good, handsome, white guy. That's it. Like, sometimes he's a bad guy. And sometimes... It's never good. ambiguous with Army Hammer. It's just, like, straight out the block. This guy sucks. The only time it's ambiguous is Call Me By Your Name, where you're a little bit, like... Are oh, you, he's a pedophile. Are you a pedophile? <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, I think I'm gonna accept this as a love story somehow? Okay, okay. Uh, Cam, yeah, Cam, final pick. Okay, my last one. Uh, last King of Scotland. Oh, oh, that's good. A heavy, heavy movie. Super serious subject matter. Um, what can you really say? Um, I just think such a visceral and heavy performance. They tried to make you feel for the guy, and you did for as long as you could. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. I I was blown away by it. I don't think I saw it until it actually uh, came out like on video. So watching it at home is like a whole nother level of like, oh my God, this is happening. I could turn it off, but I can't turn it off. Um, I think that Forrest Whitaker is just one of those all time underrated actors. And Ate that shit. Role, he always smokes it, like always smokes it. And it was just um, like, I don't get afraid at horror movies, like ghosts and monsters and aliens. That shit don't scare me. What really happens to people in environments they can't escape is what scares me. And yeah, he just, he killed it. It was amazing. Real world evil. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so some of the films, of course, that we, uh, that we left off that uh, some people will note, Lincoln, Capote, uh, A Beautiful Mind, uh, Patton, Braveheart, Raging, Raging Bull, Cinder's List. Why is my forget that fucking um, Braveheart is based on anything real and I just think it's like the imagination of Mel Gibson. Because it mostly is. <laughs> it is. 
uh, Lawrence of Arabia, Gandhi. Um, coal miner's daughter. That was my coal miner's daughter. That's, that's a big so one. Uh, Theory of everything. Ford v Ferrari. Um, Dallas Buyers one, Club. One that oh, I was yeah, going to say, Buyers but it's technically not a movie. It's a two-part miniseries, The Temptations. Um, hey, just, Jackson's an American Dream up there, um, yeah. which is a 28-part miniseries. Jesus. <laughs> but, but uh, oh, and I did have W on there, but it's an election year, so no. Uh, Ali. Uh, Judy, which uh, just came out. Uh, the Four Fighter, times. Cinderella Man. Oh, wait. Uh, boys don't cry. Speaking of a biopic I'm very excited about, though, Hacksaw Ridge. is Shirley, even though it's with the woman that's in Scientology, and I don't support people who are in Scientology at movies. But Shirley looks like it's going to be really fucking good. So. Did you say Monster? Did you include Monster in there? We did. Stream our Monster. I was just yeah. about to say that, yeah. The, yeah the, I love Monster. Monster. Do you like Monster? Because they hate Monster. No, we don't. I, I really like Monster. But it's I such also, a good movie. I was that person. Oh, God, people are going to hear this and hear me say something nice about, about white women. Um, I also <laughs> think, like, Charlize Theron, like, at that point, was, like, the most beautiful woman on the entire planet. In Monster? So to see her transform, oh. yeah, to see her transform into, like, white trash um, yeah. and just become, like, a victim and then not be a victim and be the predator. I thought that was just amazing for her to do uh, just physically. So nobody yeah, that, has ever seen, my... nobody who's ever seen what, what Charlize Theron actually looks like. Oh, my left foot and mommy dearest were right. also on my list. Ooh, mommy dear. No more wire hangers. All right. So that's for me. Two more. I got hidden oh, figures in the movie called Temple Granite. I also had La Bamba because my the... sister in law said I had to pick La Bamba or Selena. Notorious. Uh, oh, yeah. There's so 40, many. 42 in every Phyllis. movie. Chad Boseman's done. Mm. We could have mentioned for, anything. For every, for every theater kid from 2007 to 2013, Into the Wild. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh, that movie sucks. Um, dude, dude, sucks. Who died, dude who died because he was a big dumb idiot. and uh, stupid, did, but it's... A yeah, bunch of takes. people that died following... Yeah, following him. Oh, did we say imitation game? That was also on my list. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anything uh, else? Last one I have is JFK, a movie that convinced the entire nation how JFK definitely didn't die in a conspiracy. But Back Oliver Stone into the into left. the left. But Oliver Stone convinced everybody that's how JFK's assassination really went down. That's crazy that they were allowed to put that out and it got nominated for Oscars. <laughs> I work right next door to the studio where they filmed all that those court scenes. Uh, incredible. Um, Did so you that, say remember the Titans? No, but yes. <laughs> it, it, but I, have, I haven't, like, I think that's a very good movie, but I have an eternal gripe with that movie because that came out, what, 2001, 2002? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, our coaches took us to see that movie and then still ended up, like, voting for and supporting the people that they support and vote for. So yeah. that's a great wow. movie that is absolutely propaganda that will make you think that racism died in the 60s. It oh, also yeah. makes so you think. Th th the name? Huh? Edward. Good. What? What? You were saying something. <laughs> Go ahead. It also makes you think that uh, these teams were trash before uh, they started playing together. They were just very, very good. <laughs> like, I, they're the best team of all time. 
It's why Friday Night Lights is a better show than a movie because they're just things that just aren't true. But he needed them to to make the movie look good. Again, that whole movie makes me think Coach Boone just carried a banana in his pocket, hoping they won. Had the greatest (laughs) bird just set up just in case. They knew they they were going to win. I realized I should have picked Boogie Nights, and I can't stand myself for not picking Boogie Nights, and I hate myself now. I didn't pick Casino because Casinos, to me, Boogie Nights is based off what's his face. That would have been my number one. But like, Boogie is Boogie Nights. It's a biopic. Of who? Um, like, it's, space. Um, it's, it's a it's about uh, John. Uh, it's a biopic about Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. right. It's about John with the, John with the penis. Who's John? Yeah, with the penis? <laughs> he wouldn't. He's literally. So Boogie Nights is with the good hair, and there's John with the penis. Boogie <laughs> Nights is technically a biopic because they wouldn't allow he wouldn't allow his name to actually mm-hmm. John Holmes would not allow John his Holmes name, there you go he would not allow his actual name to be used John so, ensemble movies of all time I, yeah Don Cheadle's like character alone is worth watching that movie that's an amazing movie but yes it is technically in the realm of the biopic because it's based exactly mm-hmm. off of his life except for they had to change his name John with the penis. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> that has been One Take Podcast. You can uh, download, subscribe, listen to us, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, you name it, Google Podcast. Uh, Cam, tell them where they can get your content, please and thanks. Absolutely. Uh, South Congress Podcast at South Congress with a K. You can find that streaming on uh, any podcast platform. Uh, Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast Cast uh, every week, talking about the week in wrestling. Wednesdays, 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central, at eastcoastcast.com. Um, if you are somebody who watches a bunch of stuff on YouTube, if you go to Watchamania episode 414, I am reading a passage out of Hardcore Holly's autobiography, complete with the video treatment. I think it's at 185,000 views right now. It's me reading in front of a fireplace. It's really fun. Um, outside of that, um, I recently started the Black Wrestling Coalition, which is a group of black content creators in wrestling, be it uh, journalists, interviewers, uh, graphic designers, ring announcers. Um, You can follow that at BW Coalition on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Seahawk. It's C-E-E-H-A-W-K. Putting out premium content every single day. You are one of the more active people that we ever had, man. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate all of your uh, all of your research and all of your well thought out things. We got deep on this podcast, guys. I love it. I love it. Um, so you can find us again at One Take Podcast on Twitter, One Take Podcast dot Simplecast dot com or One Take Pod dot Simplecast dot com. Again, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can find us there as well. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, give us a five star review. Swipe right on those stars. We need them, please. And thank you. I saw somebody else did it recently. We went from eighteen to nineteen, just sharing how broke we are. Thank you very much for rating and subscribing. Uh, we appreciate all of our listeners um, and. Uh, uh, yeah, you can find us there. Dex, what are we doing? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag RIP Chadwick Boseman. Rest in power, Chadwick Boseman. All right, we out. Your time is-